What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. KKSM Oceanside. What is it you're doing? I'm using the chicken to measure. Have you ever used the chicken to measure? AM 1320. I got so hot until I started to, to use a chicken head to measure it. The Radio Revolution. I have two words for you, predator drones. You will never see it coming. I think I'm joking. Drones are being used in drone strikes, and I support that entirely and feel the president was right. There's a reason why we shouldn't be using drones. It's because we don't just take out the target. We take out a lot of innocent civilians in these countries where these drones attack. This is basically blowing up in our faces. We've seen the blowback all across the Middle East. What if our foreign policy of the past century is deeply flawed and has not served our national security interests? Free I hate categories. Categories are okay if you're going to the grocery store. But for me, the categories screwed a lot of people up. Make everything metal. Blacker than the blackest black times infinity. Free Thought Radio, San Diego's source for heavy metal and other genres that are ignored by mainstream radio. San Diego's only libertarian talk show in a conservative-dominated market. More hard-hitting journalism than even the professionals themselves. Free Thought Radio, free speech, free expression, and free snow collar! Only on KKSM Oceanside, AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. Podcast airing on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. As it applies to you and me, our country isn't free. Welcome to Free Thought Radio. If you can hear the sound of my voice, this is Mike Pastor sitting in for Alex Fiddle, who is on legal exile due to FCC regulations on the Isle of Atlantis, newly arisen in the Azores. Joining me in the studio tonight is contributor Alex Fiddle, and of course, everybody's famous, favorite, and famous, the Obama FEMA machine. Well, the the first thing I got to mention, because it's just been crazy, nutty, 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 folks. Um... Bitcoin right now, I just checked about 15 minutes ago, is at $630. What was it last week? $450? Wow. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> everything says this is a bubble, right? And it was definitely a bubble this time, but it seems to be, like have recovered so quickly. Is this just it? you know, gain momentum and the new normal is going to be some something higher or is it another bubble? I don't know. It's so crazy. But uh, we'll talk about Bitcoin later. I think, I think that kind of ties into to tonight's guest because with Bitcoin, although this is the least used transaction of Bitcoin, illicit uh, trades and uh, items are the least used form of Bitcoin. But 
think of how much uh, cocaine you can get <laughs> with uh, with Bitcoin, especially if you just bought a little bit of Bitcoin and it went up in, in value. Let's say if hypothetically you had 0.5 Bitcoin in the Silk Road. Well, if you were Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown, how, what's six, half of 650? That's um, $325. Alex R. Smart. <laughs> $325 worth of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, that ties into tonight's guest is actually John Schnepp, the creator of Metalocalypse. That's why I tied the Bitcoin and the cocaine to the Dr. Roxo. Good job. Um, interviewed him at the Com Stan Lee's Kamikaze Expo a couple weeks back. Um, pretty cool guy. Got got some cool uh, limited edition Death Clock comics that he signed. One of them is Dr. Roxo snorting the band as cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's going to be a fun interview. You know, I mean, we we usually you know kind of concentrate on uh, on uh, political the stuff. The doom, the doom, the doom. Yeah, the doom. We 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 should stay away from the doom sometimes because we're a lot we're we're very doom centric around here, and uh, sometimes I, I gotta reel myself in about that. So yeah, tonight is a little bit more of a funner interview. Uh, John Schnepp, creator of Metalocalypse, co-creator. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, <laughs> it's a tongue twister. And uh, he's doing this thing on Kickstarter. He's making a documentary or a mockumentary about this movie about Superman that never got made. It was Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage and Kevin Smith. It's really weird. Wow. Uh, uh, Who's Superman? Nicolas Cage? Cage, yeah. Oh, no, oh that would have been horrible. Bees! Nicolas Cage, the guy who plays the same character in every movie he ever does? Hey, I'm Nicolas Cage. That's him in every movie, just high, yeah. just really mellow, way too mellow, kind of like, almost like he's got a heroin problem, sort of mellow. So we'll take you back in time right now and throw you all the way back to the Los Angeles Convention Center here where I interviewed John Schnapp. Back in time. Metalocalypse. Painted. Light up eyes. 
guys. Um, so I made them to both uh, celebrate the whole idea of like crazy uh, inspiration and also to help keep funding uh, my documentary and, uh, and have some fun with it too because sometimes the knockoffs are the best toys in the world. Definitely. Talk a bit about the Doomstar Requiem, the Death Pog Opera. Well, I can't talk about that because I didn't work on it. I, I, yeah, no, I, I can talk about it. I, I decided uh, in the middle of the season four that I think I was like, I think I've reached the end of my Metalocalypse road. So I wanted to just do my own stuff. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I've just been doing my own stuff. And, you know, I'll always uh, hold a special place in my heart for Murderface and all the other characters from Death Clock. Friends with Tommy Blatcher for the rest of my life, the guy who's uh, the co-creator. He's a great guy, and uh, he's got a new show called King Star King, which is going to be on Adult Swim uh, coming up in the next couple months. It's totally crazy. If you like Super Jail, it's like Super Jail in space on acid. Uh, myself, I'm doing a brand new cartoon called Unicrom, the Unicorn Barbarian. So that is going to be uh, basically uh, the adventures of a unicorn barbarian uh, in the future on a messed up world, fighting these like seven monsters who have come to the earth to cause the doom of all. So it's basically like super good versus super evil, led by a, a barbarian unicorn. So I'm, I'm doing that right now uh, on Kickstarter. So if you just type in Unicron, you'll find the Kickstarter. And I'm like, I'm asking for people who want to see that to, to help me make it happen. I really believe in the open forum nowadays of like, hey, if you have a creation and you want to and you want to actually make it, have the people who are, are going to watch it help you make it. So instead of them like having to buy a DVD for 40 bucks or whatever, they could like pitch in and help create something. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm into the whole crowdsourcing mentality. I, I, I dig it. I think it's a great way to make television. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being uh, fans of uh, Metalocalypse. It's a great show to work on. And uh, thank you everyone who's uh, contributed and helped me further my career with doing Grim Fairy Tales of the Death of Superman Lives. Or if you pitch in and help me do Unicrom, the Unicorn Barbarian. I also just recently uh, finished a, a job for this band called Avenged Sevenfold. I made an animated six-part episode, episodic adventure called Hail to the King, which is based off their music from their album, but it's a sword and sorcery adventure. So that's going to be on Machinima, I think, in the next two months, because they also have an iPhone game. So my cartoon ties into, I like basically did the prequel to what the iPhone game is, which is you're playing this super badass monster. So it's a lot of fun. So I was I had a blast working on it. I literally just finished it last week. So it'll probably be on Machinima like in the next two months or something. I don't know what their schedule is. Look forward. It's called Hail to the King. So. Well, we're here at the Enter the Schnepp Zone with John Schnepp at Kamikaze 2013. John, hey, thank you very much for joining us. How are you guys doing? That was a nice short little interview, but we, we learned what we needed to learn. And that was that this guy's going to have a, uh, a TV show, or he's working on one with a unicorn barbarian. Yep. So uh, I, I want to see that happen. Uh, will I give money to see it happen? Myself, no, but others will, and I'm pretty sh- pretty confident it's going to happen. But that was, uh, that was of course, John Schnepp, the uh, co-creator of Metalocalypse. And anyways, if you missed the interview and you want to hear it again, uh, you can look it up on iTunes probably tomorrow. Uh, search for uh, Free Thought AAC, and 
Also, uh, it'll be uh, this podcast will be playing well as a podcast. It'll be playing later on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. And uh, we are live right now on KKSM 1320 AM, the Radio Revolution, and on Cox Cable 957. Uh, up next is the music. music. So, the music, the music, the music. First song is Awakened by Death Clock, because we're going to stick with this, because I'm having a good time with this. It's mm-hmm. good stuff. And, wait, my favorite song title that I've ever heard in my entire life is... Impeached God by Death Clock. So, first song, Awakened by Death Clock. Second, Impeached God by Death Clock. Right here on KKSM AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network. Freethoughtmedia.org.
KKSM. Home of the John Benet Ramsey Black Velvet Painting. The Radio Revolution. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Amaji Metals through their affiliate program. The Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that gives a portion of sales to us. Amaji is a retailer of alternative currencies to hedge against and divest out of the collapsing U.S. dollar, printed out of thin air by the private Federal Reserve bankers who use inflation to pay for their wars. Amaji has gold, silver, copper, and even $50 trillion in Zimbabwe notes. Amaji accepts traditional forms of payment as well as Bitcoin. Our specialized Amaji link can be found on the Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org. The new NSA data center in Utah requires 1.7 million gallons of water every single day to operate. Billions of Fourth Amendment violations need massive computers and the water to cool them. That water is being supplied by the state of Utah. Fact. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution which requires your state to help the feds violate your rights. Our message to Utah, turn it off. No water equals no NSA data center. Visit offnow.org. Are you tired of governments murdering people around the world? Stop using their money. There is an alternative. Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency. Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you are helping the state. Stop doing it. You have an incredible alternative available now. Learn it, use it, spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. Free Thought Radio airs every Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KKSM AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, as well as LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network. The Free Thought Media team consists of student and citizen journalists, liberty activists, and occasional guest hosting by people from the alternative media world who seek to challenge the corporate and state-controlled mainstream media status quo. Please go to freethoughtmedia.org to check it out and donate Bitcoin. Bahama Mama is the pet of the week at your Rancho Coastal Humane Society. She's a two-and-a-half-year-old, 16-pound beagle-slash-dachshund mix. One of the first things that people notice about Bahama Mama is her smile. It reminds us of a quote from Mother Teresa. Let us meet each other with smile, for the smile is the beginning of love. That's what Bahama Mama is waiting for. She sits in her kennel, watching people pass by. She just needs one family to see her smile and realize that she needs to be their dog. Bahama Mama was transferred to Rancho Coastal Humane Society from another shelter through the Focus Program. 
The $145 adoption fee for Bahama Mama includes medical exam, up-to-date vaccinations, spay, and microchip identification. Adopt Bahama Mama or sponsor a pet until its new family takes it home. Call 760-753-6413. Log on to sdpets.org or visit Rancho Coastal Humane Society at 389 Requesa Street in Encinitas. Kennels and Cattery are open Wednesday through Monday from 11 to 5. The Pet of the Week is sponsored by the Rancho Coastal Humane Society and KKSM. When they point the finger at you, brother man, this is what you gotta tell them. I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Lawmakers, the politicians, the Colombian drug lords, all you who lobby against making drugs legal, just like you did with alcohol during the prohibition. You're the one who's guilty. I mean, come on, let's kick the ballistics here. Ain't no Uzis made in Harlem. Not one of us in here owns a poppy feed. This thing is bigger than immortal technique. This is big business. This is the American way. Free Thought Radio. Independent music, independent talk, and independent minds. Freethoughtmedia.org. If I owned a poppy field... You might be in the CIA. (laughs) Yeah, right? Or I might have a drone visit coming pretty soon. Uh, And whatever I do, don't have a wedding in my uh, opium field. Uh, So, well, that was a a fun little jaunt down to happy fun music, fun, fun time. Yep, for those that... Are tuning in, heard uh, some from somewhere or the other that we're going to have John Schnepp of Metalocalypse on the show. You're right, we did, and it was like a five-minute long interview, and you missed it. So head over to iTunes, search for Free Thought, and then look for Free Thought AAC. Subscribe, and the podcast will be up for you tomorrow to listen to um, with the interview. Also head over to freethoughtmedia.org. Click on the TV icon for Free Thought TV. Subscribe, and the uh, the video of the interview will be up uh, sometime this week as well. Um, you could also check out previous podcasts. Um, last week we had Malalai Joya, Afghani peace activist, former member of parliament. Absolutely powerful interview if you're interested in foreign policy. Uh, the video is also up uh, at, at uh, Free Thought TV, the YouTube channel. Um, and next week, my guest is Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California, Peace and Freedom Party ticket, and Josh Christian, the lead guitarist of the band Toxic, uh, is actually guest hosting for the first hour or so of the show. And then we'll be back with your headlines and, of course, the anti-media in the third hour. But Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California, uh, the only honest candidate I would contend on the ballot. Um has no political experience a plus (laughs) if you miss our show or if you miss free thought radio it's like missing the last episode of breaking bad every week so do look it up if you if you missed it like you got to download that listen to again every and we totally talk about math at least once a week it's yeah oh yeah no it's it's mentioned for sure i mean how how do you think i'm here right now i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding that's 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 dangerous stuff don't go anywhere near that yeah um, I prefer cocaine myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's tie in these next two songs to Fukushima. Or I guess just one song, but the one, the other one, ones after that's kind of metal, so I put them at the same time. Um, so Fukushima operators begin risky nuclear fuel rod removal 
And uh, this is from RT. In a highly risky undertaking, Fukushima plant operators have finally begun removing over 1,500 nuclear fuel rods from one of the four reactors at its damaged nuclear power plant in northeastern Japan on Monday. During the first transfers of the operation, steel fuel rods were laid in a cooling pool in a damaged reactor building. According to TEPCO? Yeah. Oh, and well. so believable. <laughs> let's, let's, I don't know. Well, if this is going on today, you know, we'll see what's go- what the news shows up with tomorrow. Yeah. If I just start bleeding out my eyes and my, uh, my ears on the air, then I, I would assume your lymph nodes would swell up a bit first. Yeah. Yeah, keep an eye on me if yeah. I start, you know. If we look like frogs, yeah. maybe we'll have to play leapfrog as a way to have fun on the way out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, keep this whole thing with Fukushima and removing the fuel rods. So, look. so it's an portable pool in a damaged building. So the portable pool holds only 22 rods while the operation with the operation being likened to removing cigarettes, cigarettes from a squashed pack. While the first group will take around two days to move, it could take up to a week to move the actual cooling pool itself to a common storage pool in a different building. Because why? Well, the building that it's in is uh, could collapse and uh, if another earthquake were to happen. The building is already FUBAR, and if there's another earthquake, it's kind of doom sauce. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, so it's, it's, um, it's important to conduct the transfer as soon as possible. Um, with the help of robots and cranes, the workers will attempt to cautiously transfer 1,331 spent fuel rods and 202 new ones from the damaged reactor pool to a more reliable storage facility. If these rods break or overheat, radioactive gases could be released into the atmosphere, however, prompting a self-sustained nuclear chain reaction. A self-sustained? I don't buy self-sustained. Is that what that actually said? Self-sustained? Yep. No way. I self-sustained yeah this is definitely worse than chernobyl and nobody's doing anything about it oh i I thought you said self-contained yeah so so i I mean these tepco board of the directors they don't have any scientific expertise they're just suits with high salaries let's throw them in jail and and you know like liability cap laws make it so that they're immune from any responsibility let's remove the liability cap laws make them pay for every dime and if they can't pay every dime uh, from their own salaries and take it out of profits if they can't if it's you know the half-life of an isotope it's kind of like well how much is your paper money going to really do to uh for the against the damage of a half-life of an isotope floating around the world and uh into everybody's bodies that's insurmountable damage and they're being held immune from even that, even even if all their assets were to be seized, it may not even be enough to uh, to justify what what. Uh, maybe they're not responsible for the earthquake, but their negligence in the meantime. Oh my gosh! To put it into Scandalous. perspective, uh, to put it into perspective, remember, fifteen hundred cooling rods. If two of them touch, it's game over. Two out of fifteen hundred. If they touch, done. It's done. Like the whole thing, they gotta go. They gotta leave. It's, it's a no-go zone. And when I say it's a no-go zone, I mean it could be most of Japan that's a no-go zone after that. Like it's a bad scene. 
So, don't want to bring the room down, but that's kind of the sort of risk that they're taking. And to trust this company that has already lied repeatedly about it, about what's going on, the damage that's already occurred, uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I am just like amazed that... Well, I'm, okay, I take it back. I'm not amazed the Japanese government is just going ahead and letting this same company that screwed it up so much already continue to do it because they're in on it too. The Japanese government doesn't want to admit to their entire population that they can't, pot they may not be safe to live there anymore. They don't want to do that. That's nuts. But it might be true in the future. Yeah, and here, here's another one regarding Fukushima. One million tons of Fukushima debris floating near a U.S. West Coast. Uh, this is an article from RT. Over a million tons of Fukushima debris could just could be just 1,700 miles off the American coast, floating between Hawaii and California, according to research by a U.S. government agency. So, yeah, all our fish are polluted, and I'm probably not going to be able to go surfing. And imagine what that does when it's just floating outside, you know, Southern California, just uh, right there on the horizon, uh, poisoning us all on a constant daily basis now aren't the kardashians important you know what like i really want to know what kim's up to every day yeah. i mean dude i can't wait did you for know her you can actually subscribe to the inquirer i get it in the mail every day it's amazing <laughs> no, i'm uh, totally kidding i would never <laughs> actually waste like five bucks on I, i'm waiting for the for the radiation to come to california to see what happens to kim kardashians and maybe her uh, her uh, figure uh becomes more uh satisfying from the mutations. I mean, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm a little bit worried about that because, I mean, I'm fine with, the, with her figure the way it is now. If we're gonna, if we're gonna talk about Kim Kardashian, I, she doesn't need to change anything. But, uh, I mean, does she turn into like Kim Kardashianosaurus or something? You know, is it like Kim Kardashian Godzilla sort of a thing? Because that's kind of scary. Um, yeah. So we have kind of misplaced priorities and media and society when Fukushima. Probably one of the biggest threats to humanity aside from the government and wars and everything like that, you know. Um, and we'll talk a little about this a little bit later. The Trans-Pacific Partnership. That's um, scary, by the way. Yeah, it is very scary. WikiLeaks released a uh, a thing about uh, just the intellectual property clause of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and it is huge, and it's secret. And not even your own U.S. government can know about, about what it says, but they're going to be voting on it, and happily so. So we'll, we'll play uh, one song about a uh, nuclear meltdown. This is Meltdown by Watchtower. Coinc uh, very, very well titled, Meltdown by Watchtower. And then after that uh, is Destiny by Death. Um, and then we'll come back and talk about the Trans-Pacific Partnership after these songs in the news. So, I, no, we'll play the news at the top of the hour instead. Um, so this is Meltdown by Watchtower and then Destiny by Death here on KKSM, AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network. Freethoughtmedia.org.
KSM. You may listen whether you've abandoned hope or not. The Radio Revolution. Welcome back to Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network, freethoughtmedia.org. Those last two songs you heard were Destiny by Death and then Meltdown by Watchtower on the subject of Fukushima and why you should care much more than Kim Kardashian because guess what? If, like Mike said here, if two of those 1,500 rods touch, Game over for Japan, and guess where the jet stream goes? Right over here to the United States. And there's already like a one million ton, uh, you know, garbage patch of of you know radioactive material floating towards the California coast. And in um, my, if I must say, it's actually floating doom sauce. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know I sound kind of like douchey saying that more than once in an hour, but it is actual doom sauce. Yeah. So The only way I could think of fixing it is that if we grow a bunch of hemp here on the coast and in Japan, uh, by the way, if you want to legalize hemp in California, cchi2014.org, get it on the ballot, vote for it. Although I don't think we have time until 2014 to start uh, hemping our way out of the radiation poisoning um, but in a hemp utopia, we'd already, you know, have all the hemp ask, access that we need. It would, it would already be absorbing it through the air and, 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 and through their roots in the soil and detoxifying the environment with the hemp growing. Um, but then we could take the hemp, make some hemp plastic, 3D print a giant oil tanker that runs on hemp uh, seed oil 
or, or, or regular cannabis oil, uh, whichever one's more fuel potent. And then it travels along the coast. And then, oh, accident, and it carries a big ton of actual cannabis oil, like the Rick Simpson oil, like the equivalent of the Exxon Valdez. Full uh, of so, Rick Simpson oil. So it's a, it's a 3D printed hemp plastic uh, cargo ship that runs on hemp that is carrying a bunch of hemp oil. Um, uh, and it accidentally has an oil spill and spills a bunch of organic <laughs> cannabis oil into the ocean, Some detoxifying all the uh, waters. And uh, when the fish ingests it, it uh, fixes any mutated cells or DNA that they may have and cures them of any cancers that they may have uh, gotten from radiation. So uh, a accidental hemp oil spill would be, would be actually good. That's the type of oil you want to get spilled. Maybe not um, Exxon Valdez, but since hemp and cannabis detoxify the environment, um, really that's the only way to combat the uh, floating doom sauce patch, I think. What's going on in my head right now is a giant 3D printed oil tanker. Alex is, you know, captain of the ship. For some reason, it's a tricorner hat. The flag is white with a cannabis leaf on it. But, you know, I'm here on this ship, but I'm like this Scotty. I'm the, I'm giving her the power she got, and she just can't take anymore. And that's what I'm doing. But yeah. this is like, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, we just had an accident. Uh, wink, wink. And then, and to some people, it sounds funny, because to some people, cannabis is a joke. But when it cures cancer, it's not so much a joke anymore. When it fixes the environment, it's not just a joke anymore. Um, and this may be a funny image to, I mean, we definitely want to take it lightly because the thought of a million tons of radioactive materials moving through the water is kind of, you know, depressing. So we want to kind of make it lighthearted for you guys. Um, but it's a horrible thing. And I think hemp is the only thing that can save, uh, or what's, what's the Jack Herrick quote? It's, I, I don't think, I'm not sure if hemp can save the world, but it's the only thing that can. And in many aspects from cancer to radiation to jobs uh, everything like that. We got to get the hemp train a roll in, um, plant the seeds, absorb the radiation, free the political prisoners, uh, get the cancer cures going, uh, and and the oil tanker accident of uh, the hemp fuel, um, which is 100% organic. I mean, it's just uh, it would be 100% hemp. It wouldn't be any additives like um, you know, it'd just be 100% cannabinoids in the ocean detoxifying everything, demutating uh, uh, fish. So maybe then fish would be great. I mean, uh, especially cows, if they're if, if you have livestock in Japan, just pump them full of Rick Simpson oil, you know, detoxify their blood, fix any mutations such as cancer. I mean, an IV on a, on a cow would be really difficult, so you might have to, like, put it in the food yeah, or something. But, yeah, like... Or just give them a big trough full of, like, ganja sludge, and that's basically... Like, They'll eat it. Yeah. They'll eat that. There, there's no doubt there a was cow a British, will eat that. There was a British TV show I was watching about weed, and it was like, who was the first stoned animal? Like, like people think... Seri that, was that a serious quote? Like, yeah. who was the first stoned animal? Yeah, like a cow munching on. And by the way, if it was a cow munching on a, uh, they wouldn't get stoned because THC has to be heated in order to be activated. Though, I don't know what the fourth stomach system works like. Maybe it yeah, heats right. it to a to because with a human stomach, if you eat it, it digests it all and it doesn't get the chance to heat it up to activate the cannabinoids. Maybe maybe cows were the first stoned animals because of the way their fourth stomachs work. But um, there is a lot of the cannabinoids probably on, still right? detoxified them. Um, but people say. You can't give animals cannabis; it would harm them. Well, 
what what happened in nature when cannabis and hemp were like everywhere, random spots and animals went over to eat it? What about you know every DMT existing and everything and an animal walking up to a little bush of ayahuasca leaves and and then having you know their their inner uh, inner spiritual experience as an animal? Your animals have been getting high for thousands of yeah. years. The DEA has messed everything up. <laughs> uh, but but. I'm horrible at segues, so let's just go to it. Yeah, Alex so was telling me on the break that uh, the crack mayor is going to get his own TV show. Yeah, the Toronto mayor is getting his own TV show. Um, he's basically going to be the next Rush Limbaugh. He kind of looks like Rush Limbaugh. So, so big threats to humanity. Fukushima, that's one. So we talked about, we just talked about using cannabis oil to detoxify the environment, growing hemp, and then having a uh, a oil spill of just pure Rick Simpson hemp oil in the in the ocean to combat this big patch of radioactive uh, waste coming towards California. Another threat to humanity is is a crack mayor having a TV show and reaching the minds of many people. The next big threat to humanity is the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yeah. Better known as the TPP. And if you haven't heard about it, that's because lots of people haven't. You want to know why? Because, because Kim Kardashian's important. Yeah, because Kim Kardashian is legitimately important, yes. But also, uh, it was uh, the whole thing about the Trans-Pacific Partnership was actually uh, the documentation for that was put onto WikiLeaks. It was being hidden, and it's it was something going through Congress hasn't been passed yet. But they were trying to pass it, be sneaky about it, like the Federal Reserve. Which, by the way, we're going to have a protest about that on November 22nd. Yeah, so this Friday, this Friday, show up to the Federal Building at noon for a protest against the Federal Reserve. Uh, this is the 103rd anniversary of the Jekyll Island meeting. They met secretly uh, in Jekyll Island, Georgia, November 22nd, 1910. And uh, just like Jekyll Island being uh, secretly written in the Federal Reserve Act, the TPP is being secretly written uh, and kept from the Senate, and it's a treaty. So when it, once it's done, you know, that treaties cannot be gone back on. You know, no, no give backsies on the treaties. Um, it's basically another NAFTA, another CAFTA, another, another so-called free trade agreement. Um, but it's really corporatist managed trade, uh, a rigged playing field for the wealthy few and the entrenched establishment. Uh, business arena no entrepreneurs no hemp entrepreneurs hemp entrepreneurs uh, yeah no no anything uh, I'm still shocked we tied that from Jekyll Island into TPP I mean that yeah. was that was smooth we are good we are good yeah so basically uh basically they're going to with corporatism stagnates technology honestly it does and so this is not free free trade would be the absence of such a TPP uh, free trade would mean that they, uh, uh, if a pirate comes and mugs you, you know somebody is going to help you know uh, get take care of the pirates. But now the government's the pirate, and it's basically saying how you can ship certain goods across the world, and it's, it deals more than just with trade. Um, and, the and government's it, always been a pirate, though. So yeah. I mean, let's be let's to be fair yeah. that you know this is not new. Before <laughs> before they called it uh, corporatism, they called it mercantilism. I yeah. mean, you, you can go back and read John Smith uh, or Adam Smith, excuse me, and he talks about it in there. You know, this is the book, this the alleged supposed original book on capitalism. It's not 
really that accurate. That's the first one, first thing to talk about business, all that sort of stuff. But even Adam Smith talks about corporatism in there. It's just back then in uh, 1775, they called it mercantilism. It was, it was the crown giving their contracts to, to certain trade organizations, and it's the same exact thing. They've been doing this for hundreds of years. They're just a little bit more blatant about it now. Yep. Uh, basically protectionism. At raising tariffs. Um, um, so basically, if you're trying to get employed right now, you have a big stack of regulations attached to you. Uh, you know, be like other all kinds of uh, uh, labor regulations and everything like that that you've never read and never agreed to. So that's just you enter the laboring labor market. Imagine if you're an entrepreneur and you're about to enter just the general like you know big sphere of things and try to innovate uh, some new product that helps people. And, and you create the product out of value. You don't uh, get the U.S. government to send their troops over to kill a bunch of children in the Middle East to make your money. You know, you actually offer value, which is what, you know, uh, productive behavior, um, you know, in the marketplace is supposed to be about. Um, and, and this is why I don't really consider myself a capitalist, because it negates the kind of non-aggression principle in the economic sphere, meaning that profit, profit, profit at no matter the cost, including getting the government uh, to... Uh, use force upon you, although uh, although not everybody that uses the term capitalist means that they usually mean what I mean, but um, I just don't like I I I agree with you know the Gary Chartier. It is kind of why like and, yeah I know exactly market is not capitalism that sort of idea. Mainly, I just try to stay away from the word in general, just because yeah. there there's such a confusion about what it is. Isms in general. Yeah, you know, instead <laughs> of saying like oh well you know. Capitalism, that's the way to do it. What I like to say is that people will solve the problem because that's all the market is, is just yeah. people having their agreements with other people. This is how we're going to do it. Capitalism it, just makes it sound mystical, and it only places importance on the capitalist in, in the equation when really if I'm just... It's everybody. If I'm out know? in nature and I plant a hemp seed, there's no real capitalist in that equation. There's me and there's a hemp seed, and I've... Uh, taking up my ingenuity, my hard work to uh, maintain that hemp plant until it is ready to then become supply, which uh, then counts for the supply and demand. And uh, wait, did you use a tractor to plant this seed? <laughs> I don't know. Because there may be you. You, if we're gonna make lines, it could be capitalism if you use a tractor because yeah. that's capital. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time. The people had to make that tractor and get together and put the. I mean, you, you could be a decentralized, you know, ownerless thing, uh, unless unless you know the capitalists. Even like like you know that you can't make a number two pencil. So you have people getting the lead, and they don't have to do that necessarily with the the funding of someone because in the Federal Reserve economy, like a paper dollar, like that, that that a one unit currency. I mean. Nothing, we are, uh, nothing needs to necessarily be tied to a, a monetary It's funny standard. you brought up the pencil thing as an example for, you know, like different things, yeah. mechanisms working together. There's a very short essay written – it's not – it's a pamphlet actually. Really short uh, – Written by Leonard Reed in I think 1930 yeah. something called but it's I pencil. That nobody yeah. nobody knows how to essentially plan anything because think about a number two pencil. Somebody has to mine the lead. Somebody has to make the tools that mine the lead. Um, somebody has to cut down. 
the trees and and even then like some pencils are made out of pretty much like wax and sawdust so they're not even necessarily cutting down trees and then you've got the eraser and then you've got the little thing that holds the eraser onto the pencil and all that like a government could never plan that accurately they would just screw it up nine times to sunday also you you don't necessarily need a capitalist in that equation you could be a bunch of knowledgeable people that know how to uh extract lead from the ground and then you all own the fruits of your labor and you trade the lead for for things. So even like when I talked to Cindy Sheehan, you know, um, she's definitely anti-capitalist. Uh, she supports, you know, trade and local trade. And, not, you know, when we start to think outside the box out of what, what preconceived notions of what people think are, like, you get to see that, um, you know, we're, we're, we have a lot more in common than we think. If you're If you're like a... A libertarian that supports markets but is not a corporate apologist, you know, saying, oh, look how good cell phones are. Well, wait until hemp's legal and then we'll talk about how good our economy is when we're 3D printing everything. Or if you're on the other side and and uh, you don't support, uh, you know, capitalism but at the same time, you don't want, you know, a dictatorship that, uh, you know, essentially controls everything, but you just don't support, uh, you know, profit at the expense of, you know, violating uh, people's rights, which often requires governments to turn a blind eye to. I, I like I like where you're going with this because what I like to tell people is, you know, uh, whether you know, and a lot of people I've met, you know, like uh, oh, let me let me uh, do a uh, parody of Richard Nixon. We're all anarchists now. Yes, yes. <laughs> whether yeah. you're an anarcho-socialist or anarcho-libertarian or anarcho what whatever, you don't support the state and the state is what exactly. allows the corporations to do things with impunity yeah that's that's pretty much what i tell people because i'll be at like you know protest march or a meeting and you know and there'll be people there who you know i don't fully agree with on everything but you know we'll, we'll, we'll find the things that we do agree on and you know a lot of times i find myself saying you know uh and a lot of times i'm the only anarchist in the room not always but sometimes you know uh i'll say like listen like if, if you hate the state you're probably a friend of mine, you know? I mean, there's lots of things I'm not agree with, but if you understand the way, the go- where the government is going, and that, and even what is going on right now, the status quo is not good, then we've got something in common, and we can work together to stop, try to slow that down from happening, or get rid of it altogether, which can be done. It's just, people got to stop uh, caring about Kim Kardashian and the crack mare. Because that's been a story that's been on TV way too yeah. long, crack mare. So, so TPP, again, going back to our subject of talking of the difference between corporatism and markets, which is just people, like, if, if I were to just plant a hemp seed and then, and then I could, it would become supply and demand if I took it and offered it to other people. But it's like, people think of it as just a mystical thing, like supply and demand. Oh, no, it's like, and even, and it's a regional thing or even less than regional like if i'm planting a hemp seed and it grows and i go to like my nearest vicinity that's where the supply and demand is is in that area and that determines what uh what amount of anything i'll trade it for uh or i could give it away for free to vol- voluntarily i mean especially the more hemp you know the easier it is to give away the more food the easier it is to give away food for free so um governments have intentionally uh kind of zoned us out of existence with local zoning and everything like that so that we don't uh, grow food or grow hemp or anything like that, so that we need money to do these types of things. Um, whereas, whereas, if we had more food and more hemp, money would be for maybe uh, more upper echelon economic activity, like building stuff or, or labor or uh, paying artists and everything like that. 
But with the TPP, it's not that notion. It's corporate dismanaged trade. It's the system. Um, it's fascism is globally, essentially. Um, it takes away U.S. sovereignty. Uh, although I'm not a nationalist, I do think that, you know, we at least need... We, we, I'm not. I'm, I'm also not, you know, an internationalist either. Um, I don't think that there should be borders. I think we're all, you know, one human family. But at the same time, I'm against global governance. Uh, like that's that's the difference. Um, so we got to oppose the TPP if we want economic freedom. If we want economic uh, stability. If we want chance at you know being entrepreneurs in the future, um, it's it's not going to happen under the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So WikiLeaks put out a thing just on the intellectual property thing. So this severely kills the internet. The Trans-Pacific Partnership kills internet freedom. It kills journalism. Just like Diane Feinstein's bill of defining what a journalist is, uh, Diane Feinstein's bill specifically mentioned WikiLeaks.org. The TPP also specifically mentions WikiLeaks.org. So it's another arm, a global arm, you could say, of the international war against journalism and whistleblowers. Um, additionally, let's say if Washington were to have passed GMO labeling the other week, TPP passes all of a sudden, nope, no more GMO labeling. You can't label GMOs. You can't ban GMOs. GMOs are protected under the TPP. Um, it does so many bad things. Um, uh, and, and it's not free trade. It's not fair trade. It is corporatist managed trade. And it's to the benefit of a certain few people. And their goal is just money, 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 even if it includes using force on behalf of the state. So real value in the marketplace means you don't use force against other people. You actually uh, ha you create something peacefully like growing a hemp plant or innovating a new technology or, or, or I mean, any myriad of aspects of our economy are, for the most part, produced peacefully. Uh, yeah, it's, it's everything else you, you you know relies on the government military to achieve all their little goals. It's really kill simple. People. If Alex has something that I want, I can't take it from him unless he either says, "Hey, do you want this?" and I go, "Yeah, sure, thanks," or I give him something in trade for it. I can't take it from him. And that works out on the on an individual basis, right? You learned that in kindergarten. You can't steal uh, you know, your, your friend's toys and all that. And that all makes sense with your little kid, but for some reason, when you're an adult, those same rules do not apply to the government, yeah. and it's really Steal crazy. and kill to get ahead. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really wild. Made sense when you're a little kid. Suddenly you're an adult, it doesn't apply anymore, and I've always wondered why that is. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we encourage you to oppose the TPP in the way that you can. Um, and go onto WikiLeaks and look it up. So yeah, people people who are uh, entrepreneurial that want to grow up in an environment of freedom, rather in the corporate system, you know the, uh, you know, which is basically kind of like a, you know, confining you in a little box. Oh, you can only be so success successful if you move up the corporate ladder, if you play along with our rules and everything like that. Um, but if you don't, then you are out of luck and. Uh, you know, this kills journalism, internet freedom, and organic farming. So please oppose the TPP. Spread the word about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, and that's all we got to say to it. We'll probably mention it again that you should oppose the TPP later in the show. But Google it. Check it out. It's secretive. It's bad for the economy. It benefits a few people uh, at the top. And it's, it's One of the most wonderful things about the internet, it's really hard to keep a secret.
Yeah. If it gets on the internet, people will learn about it. No wonder internet restrictions are part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Exactly. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, then come back with some more stuff and some more music here on KKSM, the Radio Revolution and LRN.FM. The Liberty Radio Network. Yep, yep, yep. Be right back, guys. And now we are going to translate KKSM Oceanside. This is my left hand. Repeat after me. Questa è la mia mano sinistra. AM 1320. This is my right hand. Repeat after me. Questa è la mia mano destra. The Radio Revolution. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Amaji Metals through their affiliate program. The Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that gives a portion of sales to us. Amaji is a retailer of alternative currencies to hedge against and divest out of the collapsing U.S. dollar, printed out of thin air by the private Federal Reserve bankers who use inflation to pay for their wars. Amaji has gold, silver, copper, and even $50 trillion Zimbabwe notes. Amaji accepts traditional forms of payment as well as Bitcoin. Our specialized Amaji link can be found on the Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF, fights to protect your rights in the digital world. When a patent troll threatened podcasters, they fought back. EFF has also defended your right to encryption and has sued the NSA to end the government's mass suspicionless surveillance. There are different ways you can help EFF, from donations to signing petitions to writing your representatives to just spreading the word. Find out more at EFF.org. That's EFF.org. The Telescope is Palomar College's award-winning student-run newspaper. Publishing since 1946, The Telescope is the work of students studying in the college's journalism program. It's got everything you need to know about Palomar. News, entertainment, sports, and opinion pieces. If you want the latest copy, look for the red box or kiosk that says The Telescope. Follow The Telescope on Twitter at Telescope News. Or check out their website where you can find podcasts, Telescope TV, or the latest digital copy online. Palomar.edu slash The Telescope. The Telescope, Palomar College's award-winning newspaper. Pick up an issue today. Free Talk Live. You give someone an ounce of liberty and they'll go around abusing it and harming everyone else with it. If we legalize guns... People will um, be shooting people everywhere. Right. If you legalize prostitution, people will be having sex on the street corners. <laughs> if you legalize drugs, we'll have heroin vending machines <laughs> in the streets. We've heard it all on Free Talk Live. <laughs> they take it to the most absurd, illogical extremes. And you're absolutely right, Alexander. It's okay for them to have freedom. Yeah, you can give them a gun. They won't go around shooting people. But watch out with their neighbor because you give them a gun, they'll go around in a ramp page around right. the city killing everyone. Oh, oh, but yes, they can be trusted, and apparently the government can be trusted, too, because magically, oh, yeah. magically, we only elect the best of the best, the cream of the crop. The bureaucrats that are administering <laughs> these programs are the upper echelon of society, the most trustworthy individuals. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when I squint, I swear I can see a halo above their heads. <laughs> Free Talk Live, seven nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern, live on the Liberty Radio Network at LRN.FM. The 
see why the government's cracking down. Introducing the two drugs that are legal, alcohol and cigarettes, two drugs that do nothing for you whatsoever. And drugs that grow naturally upon this planet. Drugs that open your eyes up to make you realize how you're being f***ed every day of your life. Those drugs are against love. Wow. Free Thought Radio, waking you up to the fact that you're being screwed by the system every day of your life since 2010. Only on KKSM AM 1320, the radio revolution, and LRN.FM, the radio network. Free Media.org. Welcome back to Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network, freethoughtmedia.org. My name is Alex Fiddle. I am the journalist and contributor of the Free Thought Media Network, and... To my left of me is Mike Pastor, host of the Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network. And on radio, the most popular medium of the day. Radio. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to take a quick musical break right now. What we got? What we got? What we got? We got Who Will Stop the Rain right by on. Credence and then Castles Made of we're Sand. We're going to play the Credence? Yeah! Yeah. Uh, and then Castles Made of Sand by Jimi Hendrix. So who will stop the rain? Uh, hopefully because maybe there's nuclear radiation in there from Fukushima. And then castles <laughs> made of sand float into the sea where they go to join the big uh, uh, patch of nuclear remnants from Fukushima floating towards California. Happy, happy thoughts. So, <laughs> Classic is, rock. All right. Yeah, so this is Who Will Stop the Rain by Credence. And then after that, castles made of sand by Jimmy. Jimmy! Here on freethoughtmedia.org, KKSM and LRN.FM.
the street, you can hear her scream, you're a disgrace. And she slams the door in his drunken face. And now he stands outside, and all the neighbors start to gossip and drool. He cries, oh girl, you must be mad. What happened to the sweet love you and me had? Against the door he leans and starts a scene, and his tears fall and burn in garden green. So castles made of sand fall in the sea eventually. A little Indian brave who before he was ten played war games in the woods with his Indian friends. And he built a dream that when he grew up he would be a fearless warrior Indian chief. Many moons passed and more the dream grew stronger till tomorrow he would sing his first war song and fight his first battle and something went wrong surprise attack killed him in his sleep that night and so castles made of sand melts into the sea eventually She was crippled for life But she couldn't speak a sound And she wished and prayed She could stop living So she decided to die She drew a wheelchair to the edge of the shore And to her leg she smiled You won't hear me no more But then a sight she never seen Made her jump and say Look a golden winged ship Is passing my way And it really didn't have to stop It just kept on going And so castles Made of sand Slips into the sea Eventually Castles Made of Sand by Jimmy And before that, Who Will Stop the Rain? And you know, eventually... Makes me think of that old, like, all that skit, like, uh, procrastination girl or whatever. Eventually! <laughs> uh, I always, I, man, all that, that was a great show. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> um, but next week, my guest is Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California. So in order for you to make an informed vote, you must tune in next week because uh, she's going to be there talk about how she's not a corporate-controlled candidate from you know, the both corporate control, Democrat and Republican parties. Uh, so it's going to be super awesome to hear what she has to say about how uh, she would uh, fix California from the corrupt mess that it's in right now. And cool to be joining uh, the program with Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California. Josh Christian, the lead guitarist of Toxic, is guest hosting the first hour of the show, the program. And what's cool about that is that he... He didn't agree to play premiere an entire new Toxic song that they're working on, but he has a teaser of like little bits that we're going to premiere here on the show. So that's a pretty hu huge deal. That means we get to premiere new Toxic stuff, and that means we, maybe a blabbermouth post. So hoping, hoping for that. More evidence that every show you miss is like missing the last episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And, and hopefully that means that people tune in to hear the new toxic and then and then come the June election, 
you have like the voting lines out the doors, just a bunch of dudes and like with like long hair and Nikes and jean jackets with like a bunch of like thrash metal band patches all over it. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for people to thrash the vote for Cindy Sheehan, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but we're going to play a toxic song right now to promo Josh Christian being the guest host of the show next week with Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California 2014 as the guest. So to tie to the toxic song, here's a headline. Ted Cruz's father suggests placing atheists into camps. How serious was he about this? Was this just an offhand, like, those atheists, they're so dangerous, they should be put in a camp somewhere, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Or was he, you know, serious, like, you know, we got to get some brown shirts to round him up? I didn't didn't watch the video. I just saw the headline, and it just alarmed me that much enough. So, so, So Ted Cruz, you know, Senator Preacher Man, called for President Obama to put down the Quran, even though Obama bombs a hefty amount of Muslim children, so he's not a Muslim, Obama. Where, where, where are these right wingers? You know get what? That that's really. From? I mean, how is Obama? It's a good Muslim? point. Like, he's not. He every, bombs Muslims. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, where did they get this? He's a Muslim thing from. It just blows my mind. I don't get it. You know, like to me, like the whole like birther argument makes more sense than it does <laughs> the whole he's a Muslim thing. Like they've got one picture. Like I think the only thing I've ever seen is they got one picture. Of him and not it's not a turban, but it's a you know another hat and it's not a fez either from you know that part of the world and he's in a and Obama's in a certain garb of of you know of the area, but just because you dress like that on a trip to somebody else's country, you know you however you, many years ago doesn't mean that down the road you join Christianity and sell out to the imperialist war machine to then bomb Muslims. Yeah, I mean, one year I dressed up as a British explorer. Does that make me David Livingston? No. Really? Yeah, I mean, seriously, that doesn't make, you know, it's, a, it's the same sort of logic, you know? Um, so so now, uh, so Cruz told Obama to put down the Quran. Now Cruz's father is calling for putting atheists into camps. Now, incidentally, Ted Cruz is also a close ally of the Council on Foreign Relations. His wife was the co-author of the North American Union publication. Mm. Now, I'm probably not so in good of terms with Senator Ted Cruz because um, I am pretty much an atheist. Um, uh, I have kind of undergone you know, more spirituality. Um, maybe it was more of my distaste for organized religion, but I've also begun to start reading the Quran. Uh, just to get... Uh, Don't say that on the radio. You're going to get droned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Careful, a, I'm man. A, I'm reading the, the Kellogg's ingredients on the note. Um, <laughs> Kellogg's ingredients. Just, just to have, you know, a worldly understanding, you know, so that no BS, so that I actually know what uh, what it's about. And, hey, I, I, I've been really turned off by organized religion that, you know, their notion is a dude in the sky that you have to be a slave to because I'm all about self-ownership that... You know, I own my mind. I'm responsible for my own morality, but at but at the same time, I'm reading into it, and it's like, um, it, it's it's very interesting, and I'll have to talk about it on the on the other side of it. But immoral technique put it out greatly in the fourth branch. He said, "God is not religion, but a spiritual bond," and Jesus is the most quoted prophet in the Quran. And the spiritual bond is definitely what. I have been uh, discovering about my relationship with the Earth and the universe and metaphysics and everything like that. So, I, me coming to atheism was both metaphysics and distaste for religion and organized religion. Metaphysics, thinking that you know, um, 
what originates in your mind doesn't create reality. So if if you think that unicorns exist, doesn't make a unicorn exist. I I could think as hard as I can to want an awesome new guitar to just popped out pop out here in uh, in physical world, but that's not going to happen. I was just goes to show that uh, reality is not necessarily subjective; that you can't control it with your thoughts. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, I would like that, like that whole scene that from was like my, weird science, you know, where yeah. this girl just comes out of the mist. Hey, that'd be great, but that's yeah. not going to happen. That, you know? that was my t- that was me coming to atheism, but I, I, I'd also, at the same sense, um, begun to feel some sort of, you know, as a moral technique would say, and I would perfectly describe it that way as a spiritual bomb. So maybe I'm in this weird limbo of. Uh, of being an atheist in the sense that I don't believe that if you believe something in your mind doesn't make it true, but at the same time, uh, you know, spiritual bond is already inherent to us, so I didn't need to think it to make it true. Um, I mean, the the way I've thought of it, this is kind of the conclusion I've come to, is that there's no real secret to the universe. It just is. Yeah. And may have, if I can turn that into a little bit of a dude, like, it just is, man. That's just you know? like your opinion, man. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> your opinion, man. No, it just, the universe just is, and that's kind of helped me, yeah. like, recognize my own mortality. Like, it's just like, okay, so I, I'm never going to find out what the secret of the universe is. Probably nobody ever is, yeah. but the universe just is, yeah. and all I can do is explore it while I'm alive yeah. and have fun Enjoy with it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And then that, that's it. And then at one point or another, I am no longer living. Yep. So, yeah. So, basically, I I want to read it to uh, you know shed off any of the Fox News propaganda um, about the religion, and and uh, just reading you know the, it, it basically you know says that it doesn't say oh all these other religions are evil and we should kill every infidel uh, like Fox News tells you to. It says you know no it's a, it's a, just another side of the same coin uh the torah was given to um whomever and um uh, 10 commandments uh no then no. the 10 commandments was given to moses and then something else was given to jesus and then the followers of jesus wrote the old testament and so on and so no, forth so f- just, followers of jesus wrote the new testament oh sorry that's all right new testament so so actually, I used to go to church at one point. Yeah, the Torah is the, the Torah is the Old Testament. So yeah, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, and then the Quran is really just an extension of that. It's just another addition. Uh, that's what that's basically the, the notion. It's not like oh, it's this new thing, and then we got to kill everybody like Fox News wants you to believe it. The um, the God in the Quran is, is the technically the same. If if you, it's all the they're, they're called the Abrahamic yeah. religions, yeah. Islam, so Christianity, and Judaism. Quran is so. not like. Uh, uh, antithesis to these other religions, therefore they have to kill everybody. It's just an addendum to the same stuff. So to the all one notion, yep, yeah, that's exactly it. We're you know all have the same shared inherent humanity, uh, especially amongst you know, like Mike mentioned the Abrahamic re- re- religions. But organized religion has ruined everything. Um, that's ties into this toxic song. And next week. The guest host of the show is the lead guitarist of Toxic, and the guest for that show is Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California. So this has a lot. This one has a lot to do with organized religion, and as I mentioned, immortal technique. Put it. God Did you is, hear that? Yeah. He segues like a pro. Yeah. God is not religion, but a spiritual bond. So I, I, I'm in the limbo of maybe, maybe I wouldn't describe myself as an atheist, um, given that little specificity. See, I'm always about like specificities. You can't put me into a box. It's like impossible. Your head will explode. Uh, 
Um, but on that notion, organized religion still sucks. And I, I could bet you if there is a guy who's pissed off at all of these preacher guys like Ted Cruz and Jimmy Swaggart, who makes a guest appearance in the intro to this song. So this is the... And church wafers aren't tasty at all. Th this song is called Burn Jim in God. And, and they don't put Burn Jim. They kind of do it like a, a thing where it's like they wrote it's W-I, lowercase r, capital N, capital J, lowercase N, 8. So when you turn it upside down, it looks like Burn Jim. So it's kind of like a little like amagram. I don't know. But so it's burn Jim in God. And then after that, karma's plight by portal. And, 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 uh, yeah. So burn Jim in God by toxic. And the lead guitarist of toxic is actually the guest host of the show next week with Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California. And then of course, after the toxic song, a more eclectic show has never existed before. Karma's plight by portal. Be right back. Save your soul for the Lord and give me your money. Freethoughtmedia.org.
Karma's Plight by Portal, and before that, Burn Jim in God by Toxic, and Toxic is spelled with a K, and the lead guitarist who ripped so fantastically in the solos in that song is actually going to be the guest host of next week's show. His name's Josh Christian, he's going to be hosting the show, uh, and the guest will be Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California, uh, and tonight's guest was John Schnepp of Metalocalypse. Uh, the cartoon show. So go to uh, iTunes Store, search for Free Thought, look for Free Thought AAC. Uh, subscribe over there for free. The podcast will be up tomorrow in case you missed it. We talked about Fukushima. A whole lot about Fukushima. Yeah, a whole lot about Fukushima. There's a lot to talk about. We talked about the Trans Pacific Partnership, an evil new secretive corporatist managed trade agreement disguised as free trade. Uh, it's really going to screw everything up, not just the economy and tip the economy towards. Uh, you know, the existing corporations as opposed to entrepreneurs coming in and innovating these corporations out of business, which is the last thing that they want. Um, it basically keeps their thrones in, in, in power and in the economy. Um, and it also kills Internet freedom. It also prevents uh, GMO reform. Uh, it also prevents 
It also lists WikiLeaks specifically, so it's part of the war on journalism. TPP is evil. E-V-I-L. Evil. But now it's time for the evil news. This is the headlines. So let's start off with state news. A drone crashes into a Navy ship in California. An American drone malfunctioned and crashed into a guided missile cruiser off the coast of Southern California, causing two injuries. I think that's a whole reason to not use drones. You know what? Like, I, I, okay. I, I'm a human being. I know some people got hurt when that happened, but yeah. when I read that story, I kind of laughed a little bit. Like, so they crashed their own drones into their own ship. And it, it, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not as if these ships are small. It's not as if they were flying that and just like, oh, came out of nowhere. That big destroyer didn't see that coming. I, who's, who's flying it? Were they drunk? I mean, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's take it to the next headline from National News. Mike, you want to take this one off uh, at the top? Yeah. Uh, this just in on the wire. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, this Actually, Supreme- it is today, so it is this just in. This just in. Um, the Supreme Court blocks challenge uh, to NSA phone tracking. So this is uh, this is interesting. The Supreme Court announced today it will not consider complaints filed months ago that challenged the legality of the NSA's dragnet phone surveillance programs. So much for the role of the Supreme Court to overturn unconstitutional laws and programs and policies. Yeah. It, saying no to reviewing the NSA's legality. The Supreme Court has a habit of doing that, of being like, oh... Yeah, sure, that's constitutional. Why? Well, because we're, we're the Supreme Court and we say so. You see, we have the black moo-moos on. And we said it's constitutional, so it's constitutional because it's constitutional. And get out. Yep, they did, they did the same thing to ASA versus the DEA over medical marijuana, where we don't really need to he- hear this or um, basically preventing an issue about medical marijuana from going to the Supreme Court. So Supreme Court is not going to... Uh, decide whether the Patriot Act is constitutional or not. So basically, you're going to keep getting spied upon because the Supreme Court is not doing their job. In other national news, the Department of Homeland Security calls Bitcoin an emerging threat. Now, Bitcoin... Surprise, surprise. Hit over $600 a Bitcoin today. Yeah, uh, last I checked, uh, $629.99 on the service that uh, blockchain.info uses. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I'm not surprised that the Department of Homeland Security calls it an emerging threat because that's what DHS does. They call everything an emergency threat. They, that's, that's what's on their letterhead. It's the letterhead, and then it says, DHS memo, our new emerging threat is blah, blah, blah. And they just inserted Bitcoin this time. Yep. <laughs> so, so today, many federal agencies had a hearing on Bitcoin in Congress. While the agencies don't tacitly endorse it, the DOJ and the SEC admitted Bitcoin's legitimate uses, probably, you know, to set up the thing to actually go in and regulate it. Even though they can't, they can regulate aspects of things surrounding the Bitcoin technology, like uh, money transfer uh, things or, or marketplaces. They, they can pretend to regulate it, yeah. if you know what I mean. They, can they say- can't go after the system itself, which is why Bitcoin is so brilliant. Um, Keep so, in mind the guy, the guy who it w- was allegedly running, allegedly running Silk Road. The FBI seized twenty nine uh, million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Now they seized it. They can't do anything with it to this day. 
Yeah. So there's no like they still can't steal your Bitcoin, mm-hmm. or at least like take it from you. All they have is they simply have the computer that has Bitcoin on it, but they can't sell it or destroy it or anything. Even mm-hmm. if they smash that computer into tiny little bits, those Bitcoins still exist on the blockchain. Yep. So so basically, the DHS was the only one who came out against it, saying it's an emerging threat. They claim the anonymity of the cyberspace affords opportunities for criminals to launder huge sums of money undetected. That obviously ignores the data that shows that illicit trade is the least common use of Bitcoin. And let's not forget how much the uh, the CIA, you know, helps to hide money and use it to buy drugs. How many times have they done this? I mean, is it, so, it, it's to the point where they might as well just, like, you know, call the CIA. Wear some gang colors and... Yeah, you know, I mean, the CIA might as well just say Central Intelligence Agency and drug running. That should be on yeah. the building. You know, we sell drugs to buy guns to give to terrorists to then do our bidding, and we give them a whole bunch of money. But did you hear? Hell froze over. Former Fed chairman Ben Bernanke actually tipped his hat to Bitcoin. Single, saying it may hold Hell long has term over. I'm out of here. Have a good night, Alex. I'm going to go build chips in little bottles. We All won. Right. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Details on this. Details on this. So That's like, about it. He said it has long-term promise. And he's the former Fed chair, so he could be... I don't know. A little yeah, bit. You know, he yeah, yeah, he can say that and not have to worry about, you know, having his gray matter all over a wall yeah. somewhere, you know, so, I suppose. Let's move on to the next piece, which is Jeremy Hammond. Um, Jeremy Hammond, freedom fighter, activist, sentenced to 10 years in prison, and the media was silent. Jeremy Hammond, the 20, 28-year-old political activist, just six years older than me, was sentenced to 10 years for pleading guilty to participating in the anonymous hack into the computers of the private intel firm Strategic Forecasting, better known as Stratfor. Anonymous the name acti- just sounds evil. Stratfor! Yeah. Anonymous activist Barrett Brown posted the information that was hacked by Hammond and others on a forum, and that got Brown 100 years in prison. He, he wasn't even the one who hacked Stratfor. Um, so here is, I'm going to quote, Jeremy Hammond's sentencing statement. So this is what Jeremy Hammond said upon uh, sentencing. Quote, The acts of civil disobedience and direct action that I am being sentenced for today are in line with the principles of community and equality that have guided my life. I hacked into dozens of high-profile corporations and government institutions, understanding very clearly that what I was doing was against the law that my actions could land me back in federal prison. But I felt that I had an obligation to use my skills to expose and confront injustice and to bring truth to light. Could I have achieved the same goals through legal means? I have tried everything from voting petitions to peaceful protests and have found that those in power do not want the truth to be exposed. When we speak truth to power, we are ignored at best and brutally suppressed at worst. We are confronting a power structure that does not respect its own system of checks and balances, never mind the rights of its own citizens or the international community. My introduction to politics was when George W. Bush stole the presidential election in 2000. 
then took advantage of the waves of racism and patriotism after 9-11 to launch unprovoked imperialist wars against Iraq and Afghanistan. I took to the streets in protest, naively believing our voices would be heard in Washington and we could stop the war. Hammond continues, Instead, we were labeled as traitors, beaten, and arrested. The government celebrates my conviction and imprisonment, hoping that it will close the door on the full story. I took responsibility for my actions by pleading guilty. But when will the government be made to answer for its crimes? End quote, Jeremy Hammond. Free Jeremy Hammond, by the way. This piece of national news, Mike, you want to take it about the Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's 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 heroism right there, people. Yeah. That's that's real heroism. Is is doing the right thing and knowing that you're gonna get in some serious um, bull yeah. hockey for doing it, you know. But forget about Jeremy Hammond, Kim Kardashian, Kim, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, and Kardashian. the crack mare. Uh, all right, national news, national news. Uh, Las Vegas uh, streetlights can. Here, well, here and record, that's kind of redundant. They can record pedestrians, you know, uh, audio record pedestrians. Uh, randomly, uh, they're called IntelliStreets is the name uh, of the system, manufactured by Illuminating Concepts. See, I was going to say Illuminati Concepts. Yeah, I know, so. <laughs> right? there. I bet you Alex Jones is doing that right now. You see, guys, that's the Illuminati. It's the Illuminati Illumination Concepts. You see that? Uh, anyways, um, but and it uses Wi-Fi, but yeah, so you know it has a very creepy sounding name, and you know, uh, you know, if you really want, if you really think it, there's something going on with that creepy name, you can go turn it to Alex Jones if you want to. But yeah. I'm guessing they just got it; they just picked that name because it's catchy. But that doesn't mean that the technology is not creepy. That's really weird that the these street lights you're just walking by, you, you, the uh, orange little fo uh, white phosphorus light is is listening to you. Yep. In other national news, CIA is monitoring Americans' financial activities, yet we can't monitor the CIA's. Spoiler alert, we'd find drug money. <laughs> they are collecting info on international money transfers, such as MoneyGram and Western Union. And I guess until... I bet you that's related to Bitcoin. Yeah, the whole, first you know. wave of Bitcoin crackdowns, I think, went after MoneyGram. No, not, not actually MoneyGram, but uh, one of the... Zip Zap. Yeah, they went That's after... who I bought my Bitcoin worth the first yeah, time. So... so <laughs> MoneyGram went to ZipZap, which went to Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, they're probably they probably have some uh, data on um, Bitcoin things, but um, yeah, CIA tracking your financial transactions is not good. Uh, Mike, you want to take the next national news headlines mm. from antiwar.com? Ah, you want to go with that one first? Okay. Uh, White House against uh, Iran sanctions in name only. Sneaky part from anti-war here is uh, the White House is calling the sanctions bill a march to war with Iran. At the same time, spokesperson Jay Carney, not a good person by the way, says the uh, White House prefers a peaceful solution, but if sanctions dispel Iran from the negotiating table, then war is the only alternative. So they're saying if we can't go to war with them, we can always go to war with them. Like, that's kind of what that's saying. It's just a political doublespeak right there. It's, they're just yeah. coming up so with an excuse. So it's basically like, they, they've been supporting the sanctions and they voted in it. And they're, forget about just supporting, 
it's be currently being enforced. So the sanctions are happening right now. So, so they can seem like they oppose the sanctions to the public, especially the American public, especially the uh, people who still think Obama's some sort of liberal, and you know, wherever they get that from. <laughs> right. But while Congress will be the one that says they're for the sanctions, so the White House can seem like they're. Uh, for peace and diplomacy, so Obama could come across as the peacemaker when he's a warmonger, uh, and and sanctions are just either way, whether Congress supports them and Obama doesn't support them, either way, sanctions are continuing to get enforced upon Iran as we speak, so that when it comes to the next negotiations, and I, Iran says that the sanctions are a completely one-sided deal, and they have no, they, there's nothing that they can support in these agreements, then the U.S. can say. Then the U.S. can back out like they just did and say, "Well, since you're not you're not taking anything, uh, we're we're against sanctions. But since you're not even uh, taking those, uh, that's it. War is the only option. So since you're not taking this horrible deal we're offering you, yeah. we're just going to have to bomb you instead. Yeah. But then but then once then they could say, but but we were the peacemaker all along when we offered Iran these terms, they wouldn't accept it." I, I, um, I've said it before. So it's a, it's a ruse. It's, yeah. So it's, it's opposing sanctions in, in name only, um, but uh, uh, and then and then and then uh, Iran says no, uh, and then U.S. says, "Well, we were the peacemaker, I, but Iran just wouldn't have it." And I, Iran is the danger. So that's the sneaky card that seems to be in play here because White House is so bloodthirsty for a war with Iran. So, so, so bloodthirsty. It's just, I mean, like, like, I think I said it a couple weeks ago. I mean, this is the way, like, so many wars start anyways. They pretend to have these peace negotiations, and all it is is, like, a setup, you know, for something. Oh, you're not going to take this horrible deal? Well, because you don't want peace, we're going to bomb you. What? You gave us a horrible deal. Too bad. Um, but I guess uh, next up in national news, a former Fed official. Hey, Alex, what do you think the odds are this former Fed official was uh, Ben Bernanke with a wig and, like, sunglasses on? I don't know, but this former Fed official said that quantitative easing is the greatest backdoor bailout to Wall Street. I mean, really, the entire Federal Reserve System, since its start, is just big one big quantitative easing, meaning that it's just an endless trough for Wall Street to stick their faces in at the expense of the American people. Really. The Federal Reserve. Quantitative easing before we called it quantitative easing since 1913. <laughs> Uh, we got 10 minutes left of news here before the top of the hour when uh, the, uh, the anti-media radio is on in the, as the third hour of this program. So we're going to move through these a little quicklier. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Can we? We can. Yep. So uh, down to the next piece of national news. Governor Rick Scott of Florida profits off of drug testing welfare recipients. He's actually one of the lar owns one of the largest drug testing companies in Florida. Conflict of interest must... <laughs> Conflict of interest, little. Hmm. Uh -huh. yeah, Jer yeah, yeah. Jeremy Hammond says that FBI informant coaxed Hammond into hacking. So, uh, FBI person tried to be his friend, you know, hey, man, let's hack. Um, and then... Yeah, man, don't you want to do something illegal? Yeah, don't, don't you want to... So, it's an FBI cooked up plot against Jeremy Hammond, so they knew who he was. They were probably following him and tracking him. So, they convinced him to hack against foreign websites... Um, foreign government sites, and that's how that's how they trumped up another charge against him because somebody framed him, or or, or coaxed him into uh, acting a certain act. That person doesn't go to jail, but Jeremy Hammond, freedom fighter, does. WikiLeaks is releasing the rest of Hammond's Stratfor hacks on their website. So. So buttons. Former mittens sidekick. You want to talk For, about former mittens sidekick? Paul Ryan. Um, 
Which, yeah, Paul Ryan, that guy's really loves his double speak, by the way. But anyways, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, remember he's a vice presidential candidate for, Mitt, for Mittens Romney, uh, tells Iowans to be more skeptical of big government. Instead, accept Paul Ryan's version of big government, because red, white, and blue slavery is so much better than any other type of slavery. Indeed. Speaking of red, white, and blue slavery, New Mexico cops shoot at a minivan full of kids. Now, police officer's dash cam captured a traffic stop. The driver was at, in the process of being ticketed for a 71 mile per hour speeding in a 55 zone when she sped off. Um, officers then opened fire on the minivan with five children inside. Five children. Can't, okay. Under what circumstances is that okay? Let's just Even fire one. into a car with five... I, I, I'm done. You want I to take can't. the next police story on that page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, Colorado... Uh, a police department in Colorado was sued over uh, shooting a dog. This is going around a lot in the country yeah. lately. I don't know why. I don't know if the internet's just soaking it up more, but it's happening a lot. Uh, an owner of a dog that was shot and killed by a Colorado police... Uh, Department is suing for one million dollar in, in damages. So, you know, I hope he wins. You know, <laughs> they print the money, right? Yep, <laughs> something like that. Um, in other national news, George Zimmerman arrested again. This time on a disturbance call from a private residence, and no other details exist. Zimmerman was arrested and booked into jail. Finally, in national news, the FBI blames recent hacks on anonymous. International surprise. <laughs> International from Israel. around the world. Of course, Israel is working with Saudi Arabia to stop Iran's nuclear program. The Mossad and Saudi officials are collaborating on a possible strike against Iran's nuclear facilities. Both countries share the same goals in that they depend largely on the intervention of the United States military to maintain each country's hegemony. In the region, Saudi Arabia loves U.S. interventions to secure their own oil interests. They love it. And Israel loves U.S. interventions because the entire country is based upon conquest and colonialism to take over land that actually isn't theirs for a vision of a, quote, greater Israel, much like when Hitler annexed land for, for a, quote, greater Germany. Netanyahu says current deal, uh, the current deal would allow Iran to get a nuke in three weeks condemns the idea of diplomacy. Netanyahu does. Didn't he say that three weeks ago, man? <laughs> yeah, and didn't he draw a picture with a bomb and show it like the UN? Say we only got this much time quickly. Uh, he wants to seize the peace talks and initiate warfare, uh, continuing to argue that Iran is an existential threat to the Jewish people. But we all know even the state of Israel doesn't have consensus in the Jewish community with many people being staunch anti-Zionists and think that the Zionist state idea is a much bigger threat to both Jews and non-Jews alike than any imagined Iranian threat could ever be. I mean, really, this whole idea of that, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's bringing back religion so close to the state, it's mm -hmm. creepy. And it's even like people say, okay, Palestinian-Israel conflict can never be solved because it's based on religion. Well, it's not. It's based on colonialism, militarism, occupation, they want the occupation out, so it means a dissolution of the state of Israel, not uh, people, not not like 
of course, people have a right to return to their lands that people that the Israeli terrorist governments stole when they, you know, had the massive ethnic cleansing campaign in 1948. Um, but before then, uh, uh, Jewish people lived in there in, in Palestine, but they didn't have AK-47s to back them up. The, the argument is over, is over the AK-47s, the racism, the apartheid, the stealing of the land, the genocide, murdering of innocent people been going on for decades that's what the conflict is about and the news media doesn't want you to recognize that they think they want you to think it's a centuries old battle but it actually isn't well it is because imperialism is central centuries old as well um but that that's what it's about it's about oppression not about religion um so further in international news um pussy riots uh, nadia tokla nokova I am so sorry I pronounced that horribly yeah. wrong, but uh, I don't have time to fix it in a way. Uh, and we got two minutes. Yes, so exactly. So uh, it, she's in a medical union in a Siberian prison. This is going to work well, right? Uh, her husband has been complaining about not knowing her whereabouts, let alone her health conditions. It is unknown what the health consequences are. She's in a health unit. They're not telling her why. They don't even know where she is. She's just in Siberia somewhere. I mean, that, that's like, that's some Soviet stuff right there. I yep. mean, no other way to describe that. Yep, another international news. Thousands of GMO insects are set for release in Europe. British scientists have developed GMO insects and preparing to release them across Europe. Their intended goal is a GMO olive fly that will kill off invasive species of insects. Oh, but when you play with nature, the unintended consequences are endless. In other international news, we talked about WikiLeaks releases a negotiated draft text of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. The Trans-Pacific Partnership is the largest ever economic treaty that promotes corporatist managed trade via the arm of governments and international governments, as opposed to truly free trade and fair trade, which occurs in the absence of such international corporate monopolization schemes of the playing field. WikiLeaks released a section on intellectual property, which includes a specific mention of WikiLeaks. So this is likely not just an attempt of corporatism, but a backdoor attempt to silence journalism, free speech, internet freedom, and more. We're saying it again because it needs to be said again. Yeah. Next up in international news, Palestinian villages are subject to mock, mock Israeli raids uh, without being told they are just drills. <laughs> uh, in, it, this includes mock arrests and mock raids on people's homes. So they're just, you know, pretending to do this, but they're pretending to have raids on real people's houses with real people in it who are just, you know, watching TV or something. And the Israeli army busts in and pretends that they're terrorists and arrests. We're just them. pretending. Yeah, we're just pretending. Don't don't worry. I mean, yes, we have both in the gun, but remember, we're just pretending. So tell me again what the definition of terrorism is. I mean, really. Uh, uh, or if you have a flag and camo uh, on it, you know, on, on the is there, if you've got a flag on your camo, and you're a state official, is that not terrorism? No, like I, just flags don't negate the fact that terrorism is or is not, not like somebody who is, uh, you know, part of a government or if it's just some loony. Like, a government can participate and actively do terrorism mm -hmm. just the same as, like, a, a loony nut can. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, uh, Anonymous launches a uh, call for Israeli boycotting. Uh, hashtag Op Boycott Israel, which promotes boycotting corporations that profit off of Israel's war crime. For example, Levi's jeans. I'm wearing hemp jeans. Uh, and that about does it. Um, 
right now we're actually on with the anti-media radio with nick burnaby uh the antimedia.org is the third hour of this program right here on kksm am 1320 the radio revolution actually i'm on skype with them right now so they're just plugging into ucy radio so uh, again it's the antimedia.org the antimedia radio um and uh, again, you're listening to the Anti-Media Radio as the third hour of the Free Thought Media Network right here, Free Thought Radio. Free Thought TV is on the TV icon at freethoughtmedia.org. So again, Nick Burnaby, a smart dude. KKSM Oceanside, AM1320, and the Liberty Radio Network, Keene, New Hampshire, LRN.FM. Uh, again, the Antimedia.org on UCY.TV is the third hour of Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network, and it should be on right now. Hear my heart beating to the vocals. I sold no clothes, lost my mind. Oh no, the anti media.org. Free thought media.org. This is the first time we have it on Skype. No technological difficulties. Sweet. Yes. Well, we'll leave it up to Nick right here. So, the anti media.org. We'll see you guys on the other side. Freethoughtmedia.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anti-Media Radio once again with your host Nick Burnaby here on UCY.TV with my co-host D.B. Schwartz. How's it going? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Another another week and another bunch of crazy stuff happening like usual. Non-stop and I uh, just want to do a quick shout out to uh, KKSM AM 1320 the Radio Revolution, LRN.FM, and the Liberty Radio Network, freethoughtmedia.org. Um, I don't know if you guys know yet, but we're now officially on terrestrial radio as well down here in uh, uh, San Diego and North County. So people can tune into us on the AM radio as well. And uh, so we, we, we had to do a quick shout out there. And uh, just a reminder for the callers that call in tonight, because we're going to take some calls tonight. Um, keep, keep your... Uh, Keep everything you're saying a bit clean because this stuff's going out on um, uh, terrestrial radio, so it's FCC regulated on Monday nights. Wednesday and Thursday are, are uh, just as usual like we normally do, but uh, you know, keep it clean Monday nights. And yep, uh, yep. I'll, I'll, we'll try to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we get going. We have we both get potty mouth action, so. It's hard not to, man. When we're talking about this stuff, you know, all this bad, all this bad stuff that's happening, all the, all this, all this government abuse and all the just terrible situation that people are living in around the world. It's, I mean, it's hard not to, uh, you know, talk, uh, talk and say some curse words every now and then, you know. Yeah, but but um, cracks in the or kinks in the armor are starting to appear because now the Bitcoin wave's starting, and people are starting to get a taste of the chaos that is pure capitalism but also the potential for it yeah you know i wanted to i wanted to uh actually talk a bit about bitcoin cuz it's it's up at like 700 bucks now and it's it's doubled in like a week or two right and um i just like honestly i know a few people that are listening probably work with bitcoin hopefully you guys got in like back when it was under 100 bucks or whatever um but you know, with it with it skyrocketing like this, it, it's one of two things, and in my opinion, it's 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 a little bubble, um, but it, it it could also mean dire uh, uh, consequences for the dollar that the dollar is starting to lose value because this thing is, you know, it. Well, yeah, I mean, free market backed fiat is going to replace government backed fiat, 
And in that way, you're not going to have this blatant manipulation available to select parties. It's going to be kind of a beast of the invisible hand. It's really Adam Smith's, like, uh, um, this is what he was talking about, how things will kind of regulate. Now, there's going to be this weird chaos right now because, you know, uh, Bitcoin's competing with traditional types of wealth transfer and currency. But, I mean, the Internet basically blew the lid off everything, information, the economy, and now, of course, currency is changing. So uh, I don't see this doing anything but growing exponentially. And it, and it, and it was probably um, a creation of the elites as a way to divest a lot of their income because, you know, even when you print cash, you can only have so much cash and you can only have so much gold and you can only have so much stocks and banknotes and you got to have different vehicles. And I think that's kind of what it turned out um, becoming. But it's also really good for people that are savvy investors, too. We were talking about uh, Fukushima. And there we go. They were getting ready to move these rods. They were getting ready to move the rods at Fukushima today, or they've been moving them for for a few days now, maybe a week. And a small earthquake hit today, a 5.0 plus. Um, and and you know this is the worst case scenario that we were talking about maybe last week, two weeks ago, about how they're going to move these these rods. And and if all goes well, then thank God our problem is is basically fixed. Okay, at least in the short term, at least as far as we know. But if an earthquake hits while they're moving these rods, then there could be big trouble because if one of these rods breaks or snaps or or falls or whatever, um, it can let out a million times the amount of of radiation that's coming out right now. And that's yep. that that's exactly what happened today. We don't know if one broke or not. I don't think one did. Think, you know, luckily it wasn't. N nothing was broken, but. You know, as they're moving these rods, there was an earthquake today. You know, a, a 5.0 plus, which you know, it's it's compared to what what really did the damage over there is kind of small, but that could still be enough to shake one of the whatever they were using to transport or move these rods. If that thing shakes and it snaps one of these rods, I mean, that's it. That's really, really, really bad news for all of us. Yeah, they're only actually even using a, just like a simple crane and trucks, dude. It's not like they're taking any you know extra precautions or anything like that not not to my knowledge tepco is just completely useless dude they can't handle this we needed the whole world on this but japan doesn't want anybody in there and everybody's basically at this point thinking the only reason they don't want um people in there from the whole world to help them is they're probably um hiding a uh, nuclear program that nobody knows about meaning an offensive nuclear program yeah, you know, I mean, that kind of makes sense because they're not really, I mean, I don't, as far as I know, there's not even any American scientists over there trying to help these guys. Well, when they're not worried about them. They're worried about anybody else. Like, where do you think they got the weapons from? So they're kind of like uh, our Pacific Shield, like Israel's our Middle East Shield, whereas if some trouble starts, they're going to get hit first and the mainland's going to have time to prepare. That's kind of been the whole um, strategic value of Japan since we basically took them over after World War II, you know. Um, we let them keep their emperor, and we basically took over everything else. So that's, that, that's to me, what I think is happening. But they're risking the whole world's pretty much ecological health. And I know that the people at the top don't care. They'll just build underground biospheres. But, I mean, everybody else should be howling like crazy for this to be handled, you know, as a world... Um, changing event not just it's not just going to make japan abandoned we're going to abandon on the west coast i mean anybody in the pacific sphere is probably going to have to abandon 
um, just because it's going to get un uninhabitable. Yeah, and 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 that's why I'm I'm hopeful that they they can transfer these rods and and get these things put in these pools without any problem because uh, then we at least for now we're we're okay you know we don't have to worry too much and the the radiation will dilute itself I know it's going to take a long time yeah but you know hopefully we can just stop this right now because every day it's like every single day it's dumping more and more into the ocean if we can put a stop to it then then you know at least that's a, a step in the right direction. Right, but then, like, what's the long-term solutions, too? You have to look at that, uh, you know. And then they keep trying to build more plants, and these new plants, you know, even though they're way safer, like, yeah, we need power, but <laughs> we can use different ways. We always talk about that. So the nuclear industry is <clears throat> it's really an unnecessary risk. It really is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much energy coming from the sun that we – I mean, it's like millions and millions of times more than nuclear than nuclear power that's coming from the sun, and I, I, well, you know, the energy coming from the sun is is nuclear power, you know, right. but it's naturally occurring, and it's and it's and it's the kind of nuclear radiation that we've evolved to be able to um, actually use for our own benefit. It's it helps us, um, but. The the stuff coming from these nuclear power plants and when these when these plants leak, you know, the biggest the biggest one of the biggest uh, nuclear plants in the U.S. is shut down right now because it's leaking. You know, so these things leak all the time. Right. Um, the one that's right by us in San Onofre was leaking and they had to shut that one down. Right. So you know, it's it's definitely affecting everybody all around us. And so you know, and and the the thing that's even dumber is that all these things are are all along like the the um, waterfronts and they're all along the lakes and all this stuff. So and fault lines. Yeah. So if there's a, yeah fault lines exactly. So like the one right here in San Diego, there there it, there's likely to be a big earthquake there someday someday sooner or later, and and who's 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 to tell what exactly is gonna what's gonna happen you know so it's it's just uh it, it it's just dumb where they have them placed they're placed all around the water they're placed on the fault lines all up up and down the 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 California coast they're all around. So uh, if there's a big earthquake and tsunami, I mean, it could be it could be just like Fukushima or worse. Oh yeah, they're all t every one of them's a ticking time bomb, um, especially the ones that are built, <clears throat> you know, way way early designs. And and the funny thing is, I don't think any nuclear power plants have been built in the U.S. in like 40 years. <clears throat> so you're talking about archaic designs, like you're talking about you know, really bad flaws in them and they're being pushed obviously to the brink because the, the demand for electricity is just massively, uh, you know, exponentially increased since the, the seventies. So yeah, man. And then our grid is also of course, extremely old, which is why what grid X basically told us was the East coast especially is so integrated on multiple levels that any kind of a EMP thing is just going to knock everything out for like six months to two years. That's basically what the report came out and said. So, what, did the West Coast do better? It did a little bit better. It, it, they built the network in the West Coast mostly in the 30s and the 40s instead of like the 1890s. <laughs> so, it's a little bit better, but... You know, remember we got knocked out by one guy, uh, like, dropping a tool on a line or something in Arizona. You remember the blackout, so... Yeah, and it was scary, and that's why ever since I've been like, okay, well, we gotta, we we gotta like start looking at this, you know, how to go off grid at least with at least with a few things, you know, yep. so that way, you know, you could, I mean, you could go off grid completely, 100%, um, but I mean, that's a lot of work, a lot of money, and a lot of sacrifice. 
And you need so, a lot of people to go with you and start something like this because you're going to need help, especially financially at first, but then even manpower later. Now, when you get everything set up, you know, then you're golden, but it's going to take a commitment of several people to get something going where you can get off grid and be comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, in the meantime, if you could do go off grid with something, go self-sustainable with something, something in your life, you know, a big staple in your life. I mean, that's a good start. Yeah. I mean, uh, aquaponics setup would be great. And then now they have these, um, water distillers that pull just the moisture out of the air and they use a single solar panel on the top. You just stick it outside and it makes a half a gallon a day. So you can have water, you can have food, pretty much it's not going to be an issue provided you have these these things. And technology is actually funny because, yeah, it's getting really be- it's, it's getting better all the time. And in some ways it's connecting us more and more into the control grid. But then it's giving people ideas how to get off the control grid more and more with things like the 3D printing and all these like, mini cottage industry machines that are going to start popping up in people's homes because the economy is going to dry up on a on a on a nationwide level and people are going to need to create their own employment pretty much and they're going to have to work from home exactly man and uh you know trading bartering all that is 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 ideal um like we were talking about earlier with the bitcoin i i you know bitcoin's better than dollar any day Oh. Um, but, but in yeah. the end it's, it's, it, you know, beware of the bubble and, you know, it's yet, I, I think it's yet to stabilize. Once it stabilizes, that's one thing, because I think where it will stabilize is basically where, what does it actually cost you to, to mine a Bitcoin and that you have to look up, look at the electricity involved and all that stuff and the computing power. And I think that's where the price will basically settle is what does it cost to manufacture one Bitcoin, you know, and, um, that's probably uh, where it's finally going to, you know, sit at, you know. And it's going to be, this is a, a great thing with this Bitcoin exploding because it gets us closer to the Venus project and other, other plans that visionaries and futurists had seen, you know, in their dreams where we can have these micro communities and still be attached on a macro worldwide level through the internet and through an alternative currency. But say you had a hundred people that you were pretty cool with and you can grow your own food and have a micro community, you can have all the pleasures of the so-called modern grid more or less. And anything you can't get outside, it can be paid for with Bitcoin. It's going to revolutionize the economy because now your labor is going to go to the bidder that pays you what they pay you. I yeah. mean, I mean, you can make things at home, move them on the internet and get paid in Bitcoins. i mean the only thing maybe you can't get away with would be a gasoline and some other stuff but honestly with this new stuff coming out that's alcohol fueled engines i mean you can grow alcohol so you can grow fuel i'm down here in uh i'm down here in uh san francisco right now i'm i'm not i'm not down i'm not at home in san diego i'm up visiting my uh brother and my girlfriend's brother but um, I'm traveling through San Francisco. We're we're staying uh, just, we're uh, just north of Oakland, but we're going. You know, we went down to the city today to go uh, walk around and and eat and do all that good stuff. Go see the Golden Gate Bridge. And by the way, the Golden Gate Bridge. I I went down there today, and I figured it was built by government. You know, because you know they say government builds roads. I went down there, and it actually there's like placards on it that says it was built by contracting companies. So that kind of just like blows that whole idea out of the water. <laughs> It's private. <laughs> no, I'm you just know, playing. They didn't have tolls. 
It used to have tolls until they got it paid for, and now it doesn't. Yeah. Well. But no, no, no. I'm just saying it's like uh, that whole idea when, when people say government, oh, yeah, well, like, government should be, uh, you know, uh, restricted, but, you know, they still got to build the roads and stuff. It's like, dude, government for the – how many times do we have to say it? Government doesn't build roads. They rob money from people, and then they take that money and give it to someone else, which is like a contractor or an engineer, to build the road. Okay. How about how about the people in the community build the road? They hire people to come in and train, and it works in the perfect perfect capitalist um, you know capitalist way because you don't need to have outside contracting companies come in. The community will it can get down to the micro level for things like the roads and administrative duties. The only time you need big central power is probably the military and and a few other things you know, but. People can regionally dictate and govern, and then it gets down to self-governance on a on a micro micro level where you're in your own communities. But I mean, we don't need the, the these things anymore. We don't need these vehicles to get things done anymore. They're not vehicles of progress anymore, and now they're holding us back. The government is just a big giant, the biggest ever middleman. They're just a big giant middleman, and what they do is they take the money by tax. And they and then they redistribute it to things that quote unquote need to be done, which a lot of time it's they waste the money like crazy. Sometimes they do spend money on things that need to be be done, like the Golden Gate Bridge needed to be done um, to connect San Francisco to to Northern California or whatever, without them having to drive all the way around the Bay. Which by the way, the Bay is huge, dude. It's absolutely enormous. Oh, yeah. I never realized how big it was. It's like the size of like one of the Great Lakes almost. Yep. And um. Uh, it's something that had to be done, but it didn't have to be middleman by the government because whenever no. you middleman it, you you involved hundreds of bureaucrats, or you know depending on the size of, or whatever we're talking about. But I mean the 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 part of the administrations that that build the roads and and the the civil engineering and all that stuff. These are in big cities. There's a hundred people at least that work there. You know. Oh, and yeah. each one of these hundred people make sixty, fifty, sixty, seventy grand a year. That's we're talking about a lot of money that gets wasted on on a middleman that we don't actually need. Why not go directly to the source for things that we need? So let's say we need to build a, a road or a bridge. Well, who's the source of where the money actually comes from? The people. So we need to figure out a way where we can cut the middleman out. And it just like in any business, isn't isn't the isn't isn't it good in business to cut out the middleman? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the the perfect free market has no middleman. There's maybe distributors, but there's not going to get a, a guy in between somebody making something and somebody buying something. Now, it's always been an issue with you know needing people to do a blue collar job and needing people to be the cog in the machine. But those days are are gone right now. The reason we have people still doing jobs that are kind of you know a Walmart type job is we just want them. We want the people there. We want to deal with people, but we don't need these people to do these jobs anymore. We need them to be, you know, learning skills that are going to help them invent new things and engineers and doctors and, and, you know, and everything like that. That's what we need. But, you know, this is going to help us get there. Just pulling off of the, the need for big government and the need for big business. Even you just don't need them anymore. And they're they're counterproductive to what we all want as people, which is you know a fair shake in life. Yeah, man. I, you know it's it's funny. I was I was reading this article today. Um, 
about how uh, Walmart, there was this Walmart that had a food drive for its yeah, own employees. Its own employees. I mean, th- how sick that, is that? That is this problem in a nutshell with the way that the thing is, the everything is set up. I mean, this is the richest company in the world. Actually, maybe Exxon and them go one and two and two and one Apple, and back and forth. I think it goes Apple, Exxon, Walmart, I'm guessing. I think that's the, the order it goes. You know, I know that seven of the heirs or eight of the heirs own more than the 40% of the bottom earners in the U.S. And, and they're a perfect example of not only inequality, but corporate, you know, why do we have corporate welfare on that massive of a scale that they can figure out? You know, it's it's easy enough for them to do a, a food drive and not suffer a massive publicity hit. And people go, why am I shopping here? These prices aren't even that they're not competitive anymore. You go to Walmart and they're they're more expensive than Amazon. So what's the point? Why not just ship it to my house and dry out all these brick and mortars? They're not paying their employees anything anyway. They serve no real purpose for a lot of people. Well, yeah. Well, like you were saying about the corporate welfare, um, how many of the the Walmart employees are on food stamps and are on uh, all of them uh, government assistance? <laughs> I mean, a really, really high amount of these guys are on government assistance because they just don't make enough money. Even a store a store manager is going to make about fifty, and you're talking about a store that probably pulls fifty a day. I mean, this is what you're talking about, where you're not seeing any profits being these are just tiny little breadcrumbs of of a, of a pa, of a loaf of bread coming down to the employees and when you shop there and you think i'm saving five cents eight cents twelve cents an item and it adds up to a dollar and forty cents when you get to the register that dollar and forty cents you just saved you're paying you know a hundred times that back from your own taxes to to allow a place like walmart to exist yeah, exactly. And and you think you're saving money, but you're not because you're hurting when when you shop at a place like that, you hurt your community. Why? Because the 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 money you spend there gets drained out of the community and gets shipped off to Walmart headquarters where all it the executives live. It goes to Bentonville, list. Arkansas, which I've been to, which is um if anybody ever wants to go there, um it's not Arkansas, it's Beverly Hills. I mean, you're literally talking about a place that doesn't fit in this not only the state but the the whole south. It's it's got the best of everything there, and it's for a reason. You know, you're getting billions of dollars pumped into that local economy, and you know it's just contradictory to everything that made um, the country great, which was the small business and the ability to move up, you know, socially and economically. Where are those opportunities anymore? Well. Um, I can tell you where the Walmart money is coming from that's going into Arkansas. You know, It's coming from the, most of the poor communities where the people are going there and buying this stuff because they can't afford to shop at uh, nice uh, places that are higher quality. You know, They're stuck in this vicious cycle where they're buying this crap that, that you know, breaks like immediately once you start using it. And or, they're buying garbage. They're buying, you know, you're, when you go to Walmart, look at the produce. And see that it's a five-digit number that starts with five on a lot of their produce. That's that's GMOs. That's not even conventionally grown with pesticides. That's that's a uh, you're a guinea pig. You know you're saving some money on a bundle of bananas, but what are you eating? <laughs> exactly. 
And, you know, the way I look at it is, is you know, I ask myself the question, okay, well, is it Walmart's fault? Should we, should we say, okay, well, the government needs to go in and intervene in Walmart? Well, not so much. I don't think it's Walmart's fault. I think Walmart's just a product of the system that we, that we have that that we're building, where there is this huge corporate welfare. Because in a free market, in a in a in a more free market, Walmart wouldn't be able to pay their employees that cheaply because their employees wouldn't be down to work. No one would be down to work there because they couldn't live off the off the off the uh, wages. But you the could thing is, you never have a mega mega corporation without government assistance. They're so big. That were they to have uh, a three-day hiccup on profits, they'd go under. They're they're completely subsidized. That's what the people don't get. A big Fortune 500 company is the government. They have to be because they're always massively subsidized. Exactly. When you get that big, you know, like like the way I like to explain it is is that um, uh, government is like a magnet, and and um, it's a magnet and it's attracted to power. And and um, and it's attracted to money, you know. So what happens when uh, the government is is easy easy to uh, corrupt, easy to lobby? Once you start having that kind of money, that's what you start doing. It, it's it it attracts to each other, and then you're able to use the government to manipulate your profits and make your profits higher. And and it's like that saying, dude, where where they say that the profits are are are. Uh, the profits are capitalized, and the and the uh, losses are are socialized. You know, it's kind of that that exactly. saying. You know, and the only solution is to institutionalize the notion that centralizing power over people's lives is going to always be contradictory to advancement as a species. We have to look at it as simply as that: that our own existence and our own survival on this planet is teetering on the brink because we've competed instead of cooperated. Forever, we've allowed the controllers to make us believe that this is the way that we get ahead in life: is to compete with others, and it's going to bring out the best in, in each of us. Does it really? Doesn't it just bring out the hate and the spite and the envy and the consumerism and everything else that, at the end of the day, you still sit up in bed worrying about everything because it's all about a paycheck? When it'd be so easy to just go outside and go, I got food in my in my in my field, and uh, I can make money on the internet, and I don't need anybody else. I really don't. I just need other people. I don't need other systems and things controlling me. Lost the connection again, I think. But for those just tuning in, that was the Anti Media Radio with host Nick Burnaby. Um, check it out, theantimedia.org. Uh, let's see if there's sound back. I don't know, so I guess, I guess um, the Skype connection went out again, unfortunately. But again, you could check out all the stuff at theantimedia.org. Like the Facebook page, it's a great uh, resource for enlightenment and everything like that. Um, talk a lot about a lot of great issues, um, things that are certainly uh, more dire and more uh, imminent to what it is that concerns all of us here on this planet than Kim Kardashian, that's for sure. So the antimedia.org. Also, Nick Burnaby is going to be speaking at the United We Stand Festival at UCLA. So Nick's going to be speaking at the United We Stand Festival in UCLA, May 10th, 2014. It's got Public Enemy and the Wu-Tang Clan. So if you want to see Nick speak on the same stage as Public Enemy and the Wu-Tang Clan, head over to UCLA May 10th, 2014, check out the website, unitedwestandfest.com. He's, he's going to be speaking with the founder of March Against Monsanto. 
It's definitely going to be a great show. Yeah. And a lot more is going to be uh, being revealed in the uh, upcoming weeks about uh, other performers as well. So I'm really excited about it. But yeah, host of the third hour of this show, Nick Burnaby with the Anti-Media Radio is going to be speaking on with Public Enemy, but they're calling me back, so the show's back on. The show is going on. TheAntiMedia.org. I don't know what, what's that's, what that's about, but it, it, when I was living up in Sacramento, I noticed the internet was not all that great. So uh, let's let's jump into five more minutes of news, and we'll start taking some calls here. So we got we got Obamacare, epic failure. I just wanted to bring that <laughs> back up. Uh, we had 100,000 people signed up for this thing. Most of these people are, like, old and sick which are not contributing to the whole idea of that system, which is where the young people basically float the whole system for all the pe- people that are sick to get all their prescription meds and get all their uh, antidepressants and all that stuff from watching too much TV or whatever. Well, Obamacare in a nutshell is this. They drained Social Security already paying for wars. So instead of telling the voting bloc, hey, guess what? We have no money for any of your crap. All that money you paid in all your life, it's all gone. Uh, instead, they're going to shaft the younger generation with forced fines to basically pump back into the Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and keep that thing afloat because they know the younger generation doesn't vote and they're apathetic and they figure that they can kind of pull one doozy on the younger ones to satisfy these guys. But I mean, honestly, would you want your children mortgaging their future just for you? You got to understand the system itself created this problem. Yeah, man, and it's it's uh, you see the the thing is is that like what they did when they created social security and all that stuff, that was back during the Great Depression. You know, that was part of like the New Deal and all that good stuff, or bad stuff actually. But um, look what look how they did Obamacare. It's like right at right at the right during the economic crisis, everybody's broke. Everybody's like, oh well, oh cool, we're gonna get free health care. Yeah, that'll free up a lot of my money. You know, so everyone's like, yeah, let's vote for this stuff. And and sure enough, the majority of people, you know, more or less voted for this stuff because they voted for the people that, you know, got this stuff passed. There is no free health care. Why don't people understand that? Even in the best systems in Northern Europe, your taxes are high. I mean, yeah, you're getting something for it. People there don't really complain. They're not going, oh, I don't make 100 a year. I only make 38. I pay 62% in tax. Um, they don't care because... Their college got paid for. Um, they have a massive safety net. If anything were to happen to them, they're good. Um, they have maternity leave, I believe, that's like a year or something crazy like that, paid for with a nanny. And then they get their health care, uh, you know, taking care of carte blanche. Now, how do they pay for this? You know, c- countries like Norway and stuff and Sweden, they have great natural resources, but so do we. The thing is that they invest in their people that the people at the top in government don't see the people as a liability. They see them as a strength and potential. And you just can see the difference in governance. It's it's leadership. It's not rulership. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, man, because I know a few people from Norway, and they were telling uh, telling me that their taxes are 50%. And, and higher, but I mean. And, but, but at the same time, they were also saying that they, they don't trip out on it. They're not, like, no. mad about it. Now the problem in, over here in America is that we get a shitload of taxes, yeah, and we don't have anything to show for it really, Nothing. besides a busted foreign policy, a uh, monetary policy that's that's backwards, uh, a business sector that's gone wild, and a Wall Street sector that's just high on uh, liquid uh, 
uh, money right now, basically. I mean, these, right. the Wall Street is like soaring to new highs like every day. I mean, this stuff is ridiculous. And everyone I talk to, everyone, everyone I know is like flat broke. No one's got any money extra to spend. But somehow Wall Street is like uh, going through the roof. Obviously, we know it's because of the Fed pumping well, it's out. 80, 85 billion in bonds, right? I mean, <laughs> you got to think the money really is being laundered through Wall Street right now. And, and what Wall Street's doing is divesting it into real assets. Um, real assets. People know that cash, the bubble that is cash as a currency, is is over. It's over. If any cash is available after I don't know the end of next year, it'll be called the yuan, even in America. And it's only because what backs it up? China's buying up all the gold in the world right now because they're going to put out a gold-backed currency. So why would they do that? Because who's ever going to go into China and try to take their gold? Nobody. So you have now the safest country in the world that's going to become the gold standard of currency, the only currency that's worth keeping. And what are we doing here? We're going to electronic. Bet your life on it. This is what RFID chips and everything else that are coming out are going to be tied into. Now, what side of the world do you want to be on? You know what I mean? Uh, you got the new and then you got the old and, and there's, it's the line in the sand again is being drawn. Yeah, man. I mean, ideally, we can cut currency out of the whole equation. I mean, that would be—I I, think—that would be the most ideal thing, and that's kind of what they're doing over in in uh, Greece. Over in Greece, they're kind of taking—they're—they've right. taken it up to the next level because their economy is shot. The bankers already own most of Greece. They, the Goldman right. Sachs, basically raided all the decent uh, resources and property and stuff. But we don't so, want it to get to that point where it needs to be a barter. We have to still have currency to be a viable economy and not be. I mean, can you imagine America falling as Greece did? It would be similar to the fall of Rome, meaning that it would reverberate worldwide. Um, any market that's tied into the American market with dollars would be would go down in flames with it. And that's almost all of Latin America. It's a great, huge portion of the Middle East still uses the petrodollar. So you're going to see <laughs> this weird... It's going to be a condensation of the of the whole economy. You're not even going to know what's worth what anymore for a while, and it's going to be it's just going to be strange and chaotic. Yeah, man. Um, we just have to soften the soften the uh, fall because the dollar can't last. There's been no fiat currency that ever lasted. No. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the average fiat currency lasts like. 30 years or something like that yeah i mean we've had, we've held one for a hundred years now i mean that's amazing an amazing reign and it, it allowed america to become the the lone superpower of course now another one's coming up but it served its purpose and now the purpose is is over uh the citadel is built the 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 superpower is built and now the people at the top know it's going to be all about main, maintenance it's just maintenance from here on out you know, we're invade-proof, Russia's invade-proof, China's invade-proof for the three super states in the world. And uh, anytime we'd fight, it'd be the end of the world. So we're all, everybody at the top of those countries is, is safe. It's all just these little games they play now. It's little chess matches. Hey, I just want to remind everyone that um, if, if you guys want to call in, we can start taking some calls now. It's uh, The number, the call-in number is 718-717-8296 if you guys want to join the conversation and uh you know talk about what we're talking about right now or anything you guys want to talk about feel free to call in 
we may have Derek Rose coming on in a little bit from the Houston Freethinkers um, to talk about what they have going on in Houston, which I, wa- I kind of want I wanted to bring up a bit because um, when I was down there and and uh, talking with with Derek about what they're doing and stuff, I mean it is it was like really it's it's awesome what they have going down there you know and they have like a, a huge uh activism community going and they have the the houston freethinkers and they have like their own house where where anyone can go and and connect and and meet up with people and talk about ideas and 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 uh network and and go on the internet and all that kind of thing um but it's a little hub for ideas it's a hub for information for people to start um, working on these things that everyone's trying to work on you know and 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 i I was I was thinking about that and I'm like later on I'm like well this this kind of almost like the Fight Club you know and I'm like I'm like <laughs> creative we, Fight Club it's like the Fight Club for freedom and we need to start getting these 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 groups set up all across the country you know that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking like we need these things in every town every city where right. people where where people can trade ideas and I I, I have this other friend from uh, Occupy San Diego and he was telling me he was up in Seattle and they set up like this uh, anarchist um, coffee shop where all the where all the anarchists and all the activists and all this stuff could go meet up and and do the same thing that 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 um kind of about the same thing they're doing down in houston and he was telling me that how how much better it it like how more effective they became after they had this place where they could like store stuff keep keep supplies meet up um have people meet give presentations have people call in on skype you know all this kind of stuff and um it's all starting to it's all starting to make more sense that we need more of these things all 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 around the country for all these ideas to start coming into play and community gardening and all and uh you know yep i mean we have to take the reins man because and this is a great template this is what i was talking about how i wanted to start something in colorado as far as being self-sufficient so that there's a template so once you get that and then in the inner cities and the big cities you have places where people can come kind of you know just exchange ideas it's it's they're all going to come in together we're going to once we can feed people and make sure they have water and we break away from that need to be attached to that then we can start making our own micro communities and they're going to lead the charge it's going to be places like that like the free thinkers that are going to you know come up with new ways to uh, make the place they want to live, not the one that was created for them and this cra- crazy illusion we have going, but the real world. Yeah, man, and, and it's just a matter of, of seeing it in action, seeing it in place, seeing what's going on, you know? Um, because people are tired of hearing about what we think uh, things should be like or how we think things should be or what, what, what would fix stuff and what would fix the world and how are we going to actually feed people. People are. Everyone knows that that needs to be done. They just want to see how how it's done, actually. Right. And how can we do it now? We can we break away now in the current system before the system collapses. Now, it's going to be important to say yes to that idea, and to kind of go as quick as we can into um, into our new world, not the new world order they want, but our new world where we can make, you know these different ideas come into a physical reality and start to change things so fast because once word spreads, you're going to have, you know, anybody disenchanted with the current system and the means to help out in any way, they're going to be interested in it in their own communities, or maybe if we can even create our own and that's how you get things started. You, you, 
you got to just live outside the box, not just think and not just talk. Yeah, man. And that, that's why I was saying it's kind of like the fight club of freedom. It, it, like, <laughs> like you were saying, the ideas will start catching on and will start going viral. And then next thing you know, it's just like the movie where you, you go places and people are, already know what the hell's going on. Exactly. You know, you and know, everyone's connected. Everyone's on the same level. Everyone's thinking this, you know, on the same lines, on the same, the same type of ideas that, that we, we've been talking about. And and searching for solutions and stuff. I mean, obviously, like we've said before, we don't have the solutions. We don't know the solutions. All we know for sure, and and what we can all agree on, is that the current thing that's happening right now, whatever you want to call it, is not right. It's not fair. It's not working. It's not helping anybody, except for the very, very, very few at the at the very top of the pyramid. Um, but we can all agree on this. It's not right. We need something else. Well, if we're going to see something else. We, we've, we've been talking about it. How long have there been people in the streets saying like, oh, we need to live like this and we need to do this and we need to do that. Well, how about we start doing it so we could see what actually works and what, what doesn't, you know, because a lot of the stuff that we think is going to work and that we, in our minds right now, we're like, yeah, this is how we should do things. Well, guess what? We're, we may be in for awakening because we may be, we, we may have it all wrong, but it's time to start thinking about doing this stuff to try to get, it, you know, get down to the point of, okay, well, what does work? And what can we do to help people? Well, let's start experimenting. Let's start right. putting it, putting these ideas on paper, and then let's start putting them on re in real life. Yep. I mean, you just have to knock yourself back a few eras for certain things, realizing that um, people like to say it was peak oil, but you can just say it's peak commodities. That we're at the point with seven billion plus people, and that the rate of consumption for the last seventy years have hit ahead where. You know, only the most powerful, richest nations now have access to even things like virgin forests for toilet paper. I mean, I don't know if you know about that, but there's a war going on in Southeast Asia for particular types of forests that have soft wood to make toilet paper into. Because, God forbid, we had no soft toilet paper. We have to, we have to, you know, try to subjugate a local people to get um, access to that resource. And, it, and the list goes on and on and on. So, yeah, it, it's just like that. It's this perpetual cycle. And it's, it's going to break the planet or us and, and put everyone in peril. And we have to start uh, – I hate to say it's a downgrade of lifestyle, but it's going to have to be an adaption um, to – I don't know. You're just going to have to be a lot more efficient and smarter with everything you do. Is it doable? Yeah. Is the technology there? Yeah, it's already there. It's ready to go. But somebody's got to tie it together and show a tangible way to do it. Exactly. We need to tie the ideas along with the technology and see how it's done. Do it. See how, see how we can make it feasible that it is at least better than the current system we have now. Anything better than what we have now is going to be accepted pretty widely. You know, but it's, it's – it's, everybody – one of the biggest problems that I run into in the, in the activism community with, with – with, uh, with people is that they're they're really rigid with their you know with their ideology with their thoughts they they're they're like oh no it's it's we have to do things this way or basically everything else is just like stupid and it, it won't work but um you know what i've been trying to do is find middle ground with people and and find things that we can agree on and things that we that we know can work like everybody thinks that people should be free right everyone thinks no one should be uh violence should be committed against them you know, everyone thinks that um, the foreign policy is ridiculous. 
you know, everyone knows that everyone agrees that we need to stop doing all this, all these wars all around the world, you know, and everyone can agree that the, 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 you know, the, the system in general is not right, you know, so it's just what next. That's always been the issue is what's next. The brightest, basically the brightest minds in general are already working for the machine. So it's like, where do these new creative ideas come from? And where do the engineers to build this new world we all want, where do they come from? And how do we home grow them and homeschool them and make, make high education open source so that everybody can contribute and not be, have to be in this machine to, to be, you know, able to do these high level things, these high level engineering projects, building, you know, new cities and, and new ways of living. Well, that's that's why we gotta form these 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 groups, dude. Like, and 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 uh, unfortunately, Derek's not gonna be able to call in tonight. He's gonna call in with us on Wednesday for sure, though. Um, but we need to start ex- putting, getting the idea exchanges set up, um, just like the Houston Free Thinkers. And if you guys, um, whoever's listening, go ahead and Google them and check them out and see what they're doing. I mean, they're the way I found out about them was they they confronted. Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, that that dude that said that you control the the food supply, you control the people. What was his name? Brzezinski. No, it wasn't Brzezinski. No. It was uh, not. Uh, I'm thinking Zimmerman. Ah, uh, whatever. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's this big war criminal guy, dude. But but these guys confronted him and started asking him all these tough questions, dude. And that's how I found out about him about a year 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 and a half ago or whatever. Um. So we get the idea exchanges set up, and then from there you start implementing the ideas in the community, like we're trying to do, um, with the with the people that we recruited from the March Against Monsanto. We got the people that were like re- highly like motivated and down to actually like help do stuff in the community, and we set up a group um, through that. We just met up uh, before I went and started um, traveling around. We'll probably have another meeting in about a week or so, maybe next weekend, but. <clears throat> We get the thinkers and the people that are exchanging the, these ideas and the people that have these ideas to go and figure out a way to start putting them to work and figure out figure out a way to start putting the ideas into real life, you know. And that's what it's. I, I, I really that's the next step because we all know what's going on. We all know shit's messed up. We all know it's coming. We we all know how to prepare, but how do we do it? Somebody's got to show the way, make it feasible, you know, and and. And have a way for people that are of like mind and like philosophy to contribute and have a, a place to go. Because we all know that the big cities will be tough when things get tough. And we got to protect, you know, our friends and our family. And we got to get something going for that. And and get something going so that when things get rough, you, you can make it out and be safe. And then when things, you know, stabilize again after everything calms down, you can be part of the solution to what's going to have to come, which is a change. We all know a huge change is coming on the horizon, and they're getting ready for people to to freak out about it. So, what is the change that's coming? We got to be ready for it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. You know, um, prepare for it and embrace it and be part of it. You know, don't bring be afraid it, of bring it, it at all. Bring be the ready change. For it. Be ready for it. Um, just think of uh, the positive things you can do, and maybe a limited amount of time we still have before stuff starts. To change, good or bad, we we don't know, but um, you know what can you do now that can help everyone around you that you care about? Start doing that stuff now. 
start discussing a plan that, hey, I know it sounds a little crazy, but uh, what would happen if tomorrow uh, everything was shut down? What would we do? Is that so hard to breach, you know, with the way that things are uh, going uh, in the world and things are going so crazy? I think you can bring that up as a subject of discussion pretty easily now. Yeah, man, and there's nothing wrong with being prepared. Why? Because the more you prepare, is the more you, you the more you start checking out of the grid, and the more you add to uh, starting to add to the solution. The more people get off the grid, the more people start doing things for themselves. The more the less you can rely on the government, you're you're already adding to the solution. You're already starting to fix things because that's where we need to go. We need to cut out the middleman, and that's what we have to do. Yep, we need to pull our weight. And, and really flex our might while we still have it, while people are still powerful in groups, and show the, the, the government that they're really an administrative body. That's all that they're there for. They're just to smooth things out. They're not controllers. They're not social experimenters. They're just, they're far too powerful, and we can, you know, we can splinter a lot of their stuff into a real free enterprise capitalist market and get much better results that'll have transparency because... You have to be transparent if you have business. You have board members. We yeah, man. Can the, we can be the board members. And we don't even need the capitalist system. We just need a free market, dude, where anyone exactly. can, you know, people can just choose to do whatever they want. And they can choose to associate however they'd like, whether they want to associate as a business or whether they want to associate as a commune or as a co op or whatever it is. Um, you know, we just need a more free system. And the more we start checking out of it, the less power they have over us. Um, and just like this whole Obamacare thing, that's going to be a huge, huge blow to um, government credibility because pe no one's going to sign up for this thing. I, I, I mean, obviously we're going to do our best to make sure no one signs you up. You can't. For this I mean, if you have a bra if you have a head on your shoulders, you can't attach all your assets and information and everything you ever did to the centralized database just to get really subpar, crappy, expensive healthcare. It's, it's, it's BS. It's enough to make you go somewhere else to get health care. How about that? And whatever the fine may come, uh, yeah, that's not going to fly in court when you have millions in a class action lawsuit against them. So what is this doing? I have no idea. It's, it's just another one of these things they're signing, like the Monsanto Protection Act and this TPP BS that WikiLeaks blew wide open because now I read into it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I can tell you, even people south of the border like my uh, – my second favorite country, Peru, here are going to have Monsanto screaming in despite their 15-year ban if this stupid TPP passes. So, yeah, man, uh, we we talked about the TPP on Wednesday. A few people um, actually um, sent me a message because they didn't know what it was. But uh, the TPP is a Trans-Pacific Partnership, and it's this huge, huge trade deal. It's probably I think it's the largest trade deal ever. Ever uh, if it does pass, it, it'll be the biggest trade deal in in history. Right. Um. And it it supersedes all local governance and and all national governance and and national as well. It's just corporate now. Yeah. So imagine that if it has to do with a corporation, now the corporations of these countries can create their own set of laws on paper. And it'll be all out in the open so that if the public doesn't do anything, it'll be kind of like, uh, well, you guys didn't say anything, so sorry. See, they're thinking the same exact thing we're thinking, but from the other direction. Okay, so they're thinking this. Let's cut out the middleman, which is the government, and let's go ahead and set up our own uh, corporate governance. Sure. 
And we're thinking from the opposite direction. Let's cut out the, the, the government middleman and let's set up a, a community-oriented economy, a community-oriented um, lifestyle. Dude. Exactly. So we're coming from two opposite directions. They got the money. We got the numbers. It's a battle of who's going to win. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Same channel, same time, same website. The Antimedia.org. That was the Antimedia Radio with Nick Burnaby. And they were talking about a couple things uh, you know, uh, that were dominating too many resources. I think it's because of government. Uh, not because we have overpopulation. Uh, and I wanted to say, because they're talking about a special type of forest uh, for use of toilet paper, I wanted to say hemp toilet paper. Damn hippies. <laughs> um, but yeah, we could, we could, um, we can totally make toilet paper out of hemp. And that wouldn't, then we wouldn't have to go to take all, over these forests that we don't need to take over. And we, and we could grow it ourselves here. We could increase the amount of resources. Governments restrict our ability to grow our own resources like farming, whether it's zoning preventing you from doing agriculture or the Federal Reserve and the governments kind of coming together to fund the housing boom where all the houses have cement backyards instead of soil-based backyards where you can grow your own food so that you're dependent upon Monsanto and everything like that. And they also uh, mentioned uh, the person who, if you control the food, you control the people. Uh, they didn't know it was Henry Kissinger. It was Henry Kissinger that said, if you control the food, you control the people. Such a nice guy. But anyways, don't forget to tune in next week. Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California, is on the show with Josh Christian, the lead guitarist of Toxic, guest hosting first hour of the episode. Again, you're listening to KKSM Oceanside AM 1320 and the Liberty Radio Network, Keene, New Hampshire, LRN.FM. Freethoughtmedia.org and uh, KKSM After Hours is up right now. <laughs>